Welcome to Bickering Peaks with Aiden and Lindsay. You're listening to Bickering Peaks. I am Aiden. I'm Lindsay. And today we have a very special guest. Stacy Byer, the one and only, uh, has joined us to, uh, in, in what, not inspire us, but. Yeah, he's going to inspire us. He's going to inspire us. He's going to inspire you. And he's going to illuminate some of the the mysteries of today's topic, uh, which is Hill Street Blues, uh, Mark Frost's uh, major TV project that he worked on prior to Twin Peaks. Okay, but first of all. Yeah. Who is Stacy Byer? Yes. Well, I'm a grandpa <laughs> compared to you two. I was actually alive yeah. uh, and I did watch Hill Street Blues on the television. Mm-hmm. On the television. I watched Twin Peaks first run, some of Twin Peaks first run. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I was around in that that weird time where I got to experience the impact of Twin Peaks, right. yeah. which I was trying to explain to Aiden a long time ago. Like you'd walk into like a one of Edmonton's fancy restaurants at the time, yeah. Cafe Select, uh-huh. and they'd be playing the Twin Peaks soundtrack wow. as the ambient music. Really? Or not even the soundtrack. It was the opening song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was crazy because you saw for a really, really long time, not a lot of ladies were wearing a bold red lip. Right. What's her nose comes on to Twin yeah. Peaks. Yeah. yeah. Cheryl Fenn. Yeah. yeah. And she and it's that very 50s kind of look mm-hmm. and you see that sort of inspiring a lot of stuff so yes. i was in and around that time yeah that's very cool <laughs> and hill no, street blues old. i also well we established i'm one year younger <laughs> than captain ferrillo yeah. which makes me really sad because yeah. he looks like he's 800 yeah. <laughs> it's uh, true. he does he does uh, and yeah no so i got to see hill street blues but yeah. i also remember the time that hill street blues right. was released in the context of I know I will admit that when I listened to your uh, $6 million man yeah. podcast, I immediately sent a f- series of very angry texts to Aiden. <laughs> yes. And I was like, what do you stupid babies know about <laughs> 80s television? You're ruining it. So that's so, why we invited yeah, you on now, here. Right. And now, and now I can rectifying. talk about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank so, you for joining us and uh, helping welcome. us out with this. Yes, very much. Um, so yeah, just some background on, we didn't watch all of Hill Street Blues. No. Sadly, although we probably will. I think we will. I think we have to. We both, we, Lindsay and I both really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, we watched the pilot. We watched uh, Mark Frost's first episode that he ever wrote on, which mm-hmm. had a lot of similarities to certain parts of Twin Peaks. Uh, and then we watched like a smorgasbord of other episodes. So yeah, he, I think we took like the best of Mark Frost's. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. okay. There's a whole bunch of best of lists, like 20 best episodes. Yeah. And we just said, okay, well, these are the ones that were written by Mark Frost mm-hmm. or when he was executive story editor. I think yeah. So was his title. Yeah. So the second season he started writing third season, he was like a main contributing writer. The fourth season, he was story editor. Mm-hmm. And then the fifth season, he was executive story. editor. Right. I'm air quoting that again. Uh, so yeah, this is not visual. Yeah, I know, yeah, exactly. but I do it for me. Okay, uh, and so yeah, his kind of he uh, progressed through the series, kind of climbed the ranks, and took over yeah. this very popular show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindsay, you have some production history in your brainstem. Do, do you want I? to share it with the rest of us? Well, I was just going to say it ran from 1981 to 1987. It's one of those Stephen Botch co-productions. It, was it the first one? Maybe or it's the one that very, made very him early. Famous, probably. I think so. Well, I mean, he did like after that. There was Cop Rock, which wasn't very successful, and um, L.A. Law. Uh, wildly successful. Wildly yeah, successful. Really and I'm blanking on the other one. Uh, NYPD, NYPD Blue? Blue. Yeah, yeah he NYPD did. Blue. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, I mean, and this was kind of the template for that, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to watch it because a lot of the stuff that you see on this, 
like on Hill Street Blues is stuff that is now very popular on TV shows like these large ensemble casts and having um, like real gritty quote unquote uh, events happening. Mm -hmm. And um, this was like the first time that that happened. So for me, it's kind of like watching the Godfather now and seeing like, yeah, it's, it's influenced everything that's coming. <laughs> but after then it, you yeah. watch the original and it's like, it's so cliched, but it's not because it's the originator. So you, yeah, that's right. another reason Stacy, why you're here because <laughs> right. you can kind of put it in context yeah. for us. Right. But I, I want to say like, it's, uh, yes, it was. <laughs> it was original in production, yeah. but there were TV shows that came before right, this, right. and things just started getting grittier and grittier yes. and grittier. And keep in mind, for a period of time in the eighties, like people were burnt out on right. some. Like there were hijackings. There were. I mean, for a period of time, people just wanted some some good news. Yeah, right. some, some and then they got into okay, well now we want deep again. So then you start seeing the Hill Street Blues. <laughs> yeah. And I was telling you guys that this was also kind of a unique period of time because this is one of those times where not everybody in the cast had to be hot. Right. Yes. Right? They yes. could, they were just a bunch of normal looking folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean there's obviously the introduction in the later seasons are introductions of more um, attractive folks like but Jennifer Tilly yeah like yeah. Jennifer Tilly <laughs> made a cameo tonight yes. yeah still had that same voice though. yes yeah maybe even a little more so I think it's kind of <laughs> she layered it on odd there. how she <laughs> tones it back for family guy <laughs> right uh, but yeah it was it was I still think like these old episodes when you when there were the ones that were well written still hold up like you mm. can watch a cheers yeah. you can watch a St. Elsewhere you can watch a you know, like shows like this and, and they sold up. The only shows that don't really hold up, I know I made a joke about this before, is Punky Brewster. Because <laughs> yes. that old guy, like nowadays people would be like, would be like, no, that, that girl was not, you know, treated through the system. Like you just found her in your building and you kept her. <laughs> yeah, she's exactly. not a cat. She's not a cat, old man. She's not a cat. <laughs> a little creepy. Yeah, so, definitely, yeah. yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no, Hill Street Blues was one of those shows like, it was impactful because it, uh, well, first of all, I know we want to talk about this. Mary Tyler Moore produced it. Yes. So it was part of her. Here. So Mary Tyler Moore and her husband, I cannot remember his name. Yeah, we didn't look that one he up was a big fancy pants dude. He eventually became the president of like NBC or ABC. Okay. I know I should have done some research there. Okay. But these two went out and they started actually making television shows that were wild hits. And yeah. everyone from Mary Tyler Moore was kind of expecting her to be like this Lawrence Well or Christian <laughs> programming. And she's right. like, no, fuck that. Like, I'm going to be... We'll do the good stuff. I'm going to make yeah. good TV. Yeah. And she did. She yeah. really, really did. So that yeah. was always really interesting to me that it came from a powerhouse kind of lady. Yeah. yeah. It was funny too because in... And I do know this when I was hearing, listening to her talk about the characters on her TV show, mm. the women were never weak and they were yeah. never, yeah. oh, Johnny, you can't, you can't leave. You got to watch after the farm. Like it's, that never right. happened. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you see that in some of her characters in the yeah. show, yeah. even though today we were talking and. Yeah, I yes. was a little disappointed with them. two of the officers. Yeah, air quote, Aaron's, uh, Aiden's air, uh, air quotes. There. Yeah. They were, they're not yeah. real officers. Yeah. They just seem to just hit on a lot of dudes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they look pretty and then they hit on their superiors. Yeah, that's yeah, kind of the yeah. extent of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Um, but yeah, early on, I mean, some of the episodes we watched, I mean, it was it was extremely gritty. There was a lot of like you know touchy subject matter. You were saying earlier, so yeah. it's like you could pull some of the plots out today. And they'd still be relevant. Yeah. I mean, the treatment yeah. of them would probably change a little bit, but yeah, because it's you know. a little racist, it's a little sexist yeah. by today's standards. But yeah. at the time, I mean, this was pretty probably progressive pretty progressive. Yeah, even, even yeah. the one we watched today about the old grandma who set up to murder a Hispanic kid because she thought, "Oh, they're all going to rob me," so she basically murdered him in cold yeah. blood. Yeah. And like, you know, the show dealt with it pretty pretty much the same way it would now. Like, sure. you know, 
the at one point the grieving father of the the boy who's killed says like well a uh, Puerto Rican kid who, with you know three prior convictions versus this nice white old grandma. He has no chance for justice. Mother of a councilman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, mother. And that. she admits yeah. that in her interrogation, yeah. she's yeah. like, yeah. "You're not going to do shit to me. Yeah. I'm going to walk." They're going to give me a parade or something. Yeah. 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 I'm a hero. Yeah. 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 And that's yeah. exactly what happened. Yeah. And it would probably still. Today. Yeah, I mean, exactly. now now you'd have yeah. a bit more Black Lives Matter and other kind of you know things getting into that, but it'd still be a touchy subject. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Totally. So, uh, coming back to the episodes that we watched, yeah. and we kind of did this kind of like scattershot. It's yeah. all over the place. So we watched the pilot Hill Street Station, which is great. Pretty, yeah, it's it's amazing. It's, it's I don't know if you remember really the pilot, Stacey, pilot. but yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's been a while. Probably it was eighty one. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, but it's it's a great introduction. It's like it's like from the cold open right through to the very last scene where you find out that Ferrello and Davenport are sleeping together. Yeah, it's like couple, it's yeah. it's wonderful the way that it introduces all the characters. And it, and it and felt a lot like Twin Peaks. Like yeah, because each character gets a really quick introduction, but you get the the whole sense of their character yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, you get their relationships with each other. Like Hill and Ranko right away. Yeah. And then to have them be shot in the first episode. Like, do you remember that one, Stacey? Where... <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but this is the one thing that I remember the most about Hill Street Blues yeah. is that when they introduced a character, the character was never like, but I'm a lawyer and right. love means everything. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they were more clever about yeah. the introduction of the yeah, character. Exactly. So I, I'll, I'll take your words for it. Yeah, I don't yeah. recall the first one because, <laughs> like I said, it was 81. Yeah, yeah. That's a few years ago. That was a, yeah. that was a while. But yeah. yeah. But it's it's great that, it, like, the very first episode, Hill and Ranko become, they're kind of the breakout stars of the series. And yeah. right away, they're gunned down in a like a, a yeah. drug den. Yeah, drug den basically. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it and it serves as a catalyst, I think, for later episodes where there's racial tension between the two of them because mm-hmm. Ranko's a white cop and Hill is a black cop, and they're patrolling a black neighborhood, but it was a white guy who shot them. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting. Like that would be the focus of a lot of really great season one episodes um, in 1981, which mm-hmm. is what happens. What yeah. happens? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and but. Yeah, just to go back to the the similarities. I'm I'm gonna yeah. draw them throughout for yeah. Twin Peaks because it really does feel like there's a lot of uh, Frost pulled a lot of of his experience from Hill Street Blues and even just watching this pilot episode of Hill Street Blues, uh, the way which it's he didn't structured. write, he wasn't involved. No, he in wasn't this, involved but, in the pilot, but, but um, you know he could have taken his experience from there and said, okay, this is how you do a really good pilot. Yeah, because it, it holds up today as as like a a defining uh, statement about what the show is going to be like for yeah. future seasons. Yeah, uh, very similar to Twin Peaks in that way. Yeah. So we watched that one, uh, and then I think we jumped to season we two did. or three. We jumped to season three, and we watched uh, season three, episode eight, Requiem for a Hairbag, and episode 15, uh, which was the middle of a trilogy, yeah. <laughs> the we Moon Over Uranus trilogy, which um, <laughs> which is a great right? title, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they fought for it, and they got it, because yeah. it, they were, the censors weren't going to do it, but happy, yeah. Requiem for a Hairbag is that um, the great episode with Dominic Dunn. Who Dominique Dunn? Dominique Dunn. Who uh, was an actress who an actress who was in an abusive relationship, and then she played a, a uh, an abuse victim. Yeah, yeah, on the show, and the bruises that she had in the show were actual bruises from oh, like really? being beat up and by her boyfriend, and she was eventually she died yeah. in between the the filming and the airing of the episodes. Yeah, the episodes was, dedicated to her because yeah. she was murdered by her ex boyfriend. Who got, I guess, a slap on the wrist for it uh, in real life? I think he life. served six years or something. Yeah, something for it. Like oh, that. wow. And, and then her dad, who was Dominic Dunn, uh, like stalked him for the rest of his life, basically really? made his life hell. Yeah, until he died. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's crazy that story. I'm but really um, 
But this was, I think this was the first episode that Mark Frost wrote. Rose, yeah. Which is crazy to think about that there's real life being brought in in such a yeah, like visceral way, way yeah, yeah. in a show that deals with about real life yeah. Right. issues. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of a famous episode in that regard. It is but. for that. But, um, and again, just to draw back to Twin yep. Peaks, there are, so Lynch and Frost do this occasionally too, but uh, in this episode it was, pretty blatant about having like uh, dichotomies brought up and juxtaposed next to one another so there's right. they're examining the contents of uh, one of the dead cops and they're exposing him as a dirty cop right and then they also have the funeral going on at the same time where right. they're extolling this cop as he was a public servant and he did all this great stuff and it's you know drawing a good and evil is this the episode with the with the lockbox too with the yes. safety deposit box yes which i thought was brilliant because um you'll remember stacy in uh the he pilot of... again, again. 1990 was no, also a couple okay years. <laughs> but okay fair enough but in the pilot of twin peaks when they pull out laura palmer's yeah, safety deposit yeah, box yeah. and they find like the copy of flesh world and dale cooper's going through it they that Literally. almost exact scene happens in this episode that mark frost wrote where they're going through the crooked cops safety deposit mm-hmm. box and they're finding polaroids of and, beautiful and women and, and cocaine yeah, and right, all this yeah. stuff money ten thousand yeah, dollars yeah. and it was it was hilarious to watch us and be like oh my god they this just is the exact same he just but, copied and pasted <laughs> well maybe but in in a unique way with twin peaks but it still felt very mm-hmm. like it was it was kind of a neat little thing i don't want to pull it apart but i'll guarantee you that no coke addict keeps his cocaine the one thing that i kind of was thinking about when i was watching the stuff it's funny if this is where mark frost mm-hmm. was sort of learning to craft that story yeah i think the one thing about hill street blues and, and all these other 80s shows and i was talking about sweeps weeks before yes. right like oftentimes television shows in the 80s would just go right off the rails right mm-hmm. like you would see new characters you'd see crossovers you'd see yeah. all that kind of stuff i would really suggest if you're gonna watch a lot of 80s shows get into the sweep weeks episodes because <laughs> yeah. bonker shit happens like star trek shows up in like saint elsewhere right I, right I don't think that really happens. but anyways <laughs> i think the one thing that i was thinking about is if mark cross frost yeah. sorry was learning to cut his teeth there mm-hmm. i think you learn how to introduce these ridiculous elements yeah. and you're kind of pushing your audience. Cause it, at some point mm-hmm. in time you got to be able, like you got to be able to maintain that level of belief that, okay, you know, I don't want to jump the shark, but I want to make this fun. I want yeah. to introduce some weird shit. Yeah. So if he's learning how to do it in these things and the guy was winning Emmys, yeah, or, yeah. I mean, Bill Street Blues was winning Emmys oh, yeah. right off the Left gate. Right so yeah, we didn't mention that, there yeah. was always one component of farce within each episode and sometimes it would push you far enough out like we just watched a 400 pound man being dragged up a flight of stairs who <laughs> came back sled. to life yeah and we're like do you really <laughs> yeah, think 30 cops wouldn't be able to tell this guy wasn't alive yeah. Yeah. but again you know two seconds later i'm back in the story and i'm believing that yeah. you know what's yeah. his nuts was beat up by a bunch of homeless guys yeah yeah, exactly. yeah exactly. i'm horrible with names <laughs> no same so, <laughs> what's his nuts and who's he what's he gonna have to do for this but it but it, you you think like for these young writers mm-hmm. Writers in their career, they're going to have to learn how to craft that, right? Yeah. They're going to have to learn how yeah. to do that. And well, and that's something we've kind of brought up a couple times. Like yeah. a lot of people attribute the weird stuff in Twin Peaks yeah. to David Lynch because yeah. he did a lot of absurd stuff. But I've saw a lot of, in all the episodes we watched, a lot of Mark Frost stuff yeah. is yeah. also absurd. And like you're saying, like threading that needle between like really bizarre, like shooting a bear to save a man's arm, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, could also be, you know, Laura Palmer's funeral and 
rape, uh, Leland, yeah. Leland jumping the onto the casket yeah. and stuff, right? So yeah. there's always that. Like I remember radio shows in and around the time Twin Peaks was out and mm-hmm. people would, you know, re- like talk about the episodes and whatnot. And there would be days where people would be screaming like, what? What just <laughs> happened last night? What is that? And I mean, yeah. a lot of the times it was red herring crap. Sure. Or like just, you know, things to just amuse you. Because I mean, Twin Peaks fundamentally was a dark show. Yeah. Like, if you got into yeah. it a little too into it, you can get a little weird with stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, it was nice to see that. Again, that little bit of farce in every episode. Yeah, right? yeah. exactly. Yeah. Ridiculousness. Yeah. Without yeah. pulling you, because I mean, you were still, you still believed the story. Yeah. Right? At the yeah. End of the day. Absolutely. Yeah. So, the, Sorry. the moon one? over Uranus no. episode. Did you want to talk about that one? I don't remember that one very well. Yeah, I was just reading. Well, it. What's the description? Uh, the description I have: Furlough clashes with Daniels over a new crime sweep. Renko rescues people from a burning building. Goldblum feels helpless to help the sad young woman threatened by her boyfriend. Yeah, there's another domestic uh, abuse one. I, I remember that. Joyce has an interview with the Justice Department in Washington. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's the other element here. We'll <clears throat> we'll just talk about it now. We yeah. can just bring stuff up. Uh, Twin Peaks had a lot of soap opera elements. Uh, you know, everybody yeah. was sleeping with everybody. And, you know, uh, there was a lot of back and forth interpersonal drama, I would say. This show also had that yeah. in spades, especially in the later seasons when they were kind of running out of things to give these characters to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we'll just give her a new baby with this guy this time. And yeah. I yeah. mean, it might have made sense, like, because we were just getting scattershot episodes. It was like, wait, she had a baby with him now? Like, so yeah. Faye, the Captain Frillo's uh, ex-wife, at one point has a baby with Lieutenant. Well, I think he was Golden. just her labor coach, but still, I mean, I don't she, know. She, she, he gave him a he gave her a good kiss, and they were yeah. obvi- then well, later they were, I think they broke up. I don't know. This is why we have to watch the whole series. Aiden. Yeah, okay. But, but this anyway. is the thing, though. You guys yeah. were watching one episode, and then three episodes later, yeah. she's had a baby. Yeah, and we know that in the course of that time, only a few months yes. have passed. But <laughs> exactly. you walk into that work environment, and it's not a weird place to be. Yeah, yeah. I know where I work. If you take someone's Kleenex box, that's a four month grudge at best, <laughs> right? I'm Simon just saying, still holds that grudge. Yeah, I know. I took one of his like, <laughs> yeah. Kleenex boxes. It's in my office right now. But I'm just saying, like, the funny thing about Hill Street Blues is people got over shit pretty quickly, yes. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm thankful for that because they move things along. In yeah. a soap opera, it'll literally it take you for yes. years yes. for shit to get over. But yeah. again, when you're writing for something like Twin Peaks. And you know your your lifespan on your season is short because given Twin Peaks wasn't doing eighties. Uh, no, yeah, no. The first season was nine episodes. The second one they did do a full twenty two episode right, thing, yeah, but it was yeah, yeah. yeah, they were running out again. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> after a while, so. every show in the eighties was at least twenty two episodes. Yeah. Yes. Plus you had Christmas specials. Plus yeah. you had crossover specials. And not to mention Sweeps Week. Which Sweeps is- Week. <laughs> oh my God, I miss Sweeps Week. <laughs> it's I not a thing anymore. It's not a thing anymore. It's really no, not. Well, no. Because Netflix gives you 10 episodes of goodness. Yeah. Well, and they also, Nielsen ratings, because that's what they were yeah. for, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now we do upfronts, yeah. which yeah. are a different yeah, beast, different right? Yeah. I mean, Nielsen ratings are still used to some degree, but they're relying, they're looking at other metrics now. Yeah, so, exactly. A little so boring, it's like, boring nerd shit. No, and we've talked yeah. about it before, how... Um, like with this newest season of Twin Peaks being available for streaming and yeah. and everything, how it completely because the Nielsen rating said it did so poorly, but you know how many yeah. people signed up for streaming and like yeah, the well, Showtime everything says it did really well. Yeah. so we got to kind of take. That but everything has changed, and yeah. so yeah. like the old metrics just don't work anymore. They don't. Yeah. So, so. it's kind of a bygone yeah. era that we're delving into, but. No, but it's, um, it's a good point. Yep. The other thing that was interesting that we noticed around this time is that every episode takes place over the course of a day, which yeah. I think we would have picked up a lot quicker if we'd watched the whole first season. But mm. by three episodes in, we're like, okay, it starts with roll call first thing in the morning. Yeah. And it ends with, early <laughs> Usually, in the early seasons, yeah. it ended with uh, Farillo and, and Davenport 
in, in bed, bed together. Yeah, chatting um, about the day, and then they they always make out like every day. Like they have the happiest marriage of all time. Like I have to say, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, it's it's so, very structured. But, which but is, that also felt a lot like Twin Peaks yeah. because Twin Peaks every episode took place over roughly a day. A day, so. yeah, in the first two yeah. seasons, the return, it, which is which is kind of an interesting yeah. little gimmick to use, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I guess it keeps the narrative flow. Well, and it provides a, a structure. Like, like that's part of what makes Hill Street Blues kind of work is that we were talking about earlier, like, because uh, we watch the episodes out of order. We get in the middle of, like, the Uranus trilogy. Yep. Uh, we get, like, we're in the middle of a bunch of storylines, but we kind of pick up and they just kind of make sense because because um, you're in that structure. You're like, yeah. okay, this is just another day at the office for them. Mm-hmm. Whatever came before doesn't kind of matter. You're, right. you're stuck in this day and you just want to get through it. Well, and the, it has some, I, I mean... Sitcoms are like that, right? Where they just do a hard reset at the end of every yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with few exceptions, I'm thinking I've been rewatching Friends recently, uh-huh. and the whole season where like Monica and, and um, Rachel and Chandler and Joey switch apartments. Yeah. <laughs> and I was I kept waiting for like the next episode to come out and they just be switched back without any explanation no, because that's what you expect from sitcoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so there's some of that going on here but but also this whole idea of like having multiple episode arcs Mm -hmm. where you'd have to plot out you know three or four or five episodes in advance advance because that's how long it would take people weren't really correct me if i'm wrong stacy but it did it seems like people weren't really as used to it then as they are now right right right? well keep in mind though i think the process though for development of these episodes was a little bit different too i think what they would do is they would spend their time writing yeah then they would film yeah yeah right I don't think it was they would write an episode yeah. and then film it that week. And no. then, you know what I mean? Like, I think the whole now it's not, nowadays, I mean, when you look at Netflix, your whole season is written, then it's filmed and then it's released. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, there's no correcting any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, I, I remember because at, back in the day too, we didn't have social media. Mm. People magazine wasn't a really big thing until right. about mid eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these people had to go out. Like if they wanted people to watch TV shows, they were doing the nighttime circuit, right? right. So you needed your actors freed up. And then yeah. back in the day too, they also had like Battle of the Networks where you'd have yes. like NBC yeah. stars versus ABC stars. Like there was, it was a weird kind of promotion, right? And you saw a lot of these celebrities doing public appearances. Right. But it was really funny too because it was a really odd world where you do your public appearances and then you went home and you had a private life. Right. You don't yeah, have yeah, that, no. right? Like you, you, you just don't have the same access or sorry, you have more access to celebrities now yeah. than you ever did back in the yes. day. Well, it's like yeah. its own little industry now of yeah. just celebrity yeah. gossip. I mean, yeah. literally, yeah, TMZ, mm-hmm. yeah. Hollywood, mm-hmm. Hollywood yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's it's totally different. Yeah. yeah, and the thing that I'm always impressed by, like when you go back to those Hill Street Blues episodes, there's no swearing, right? And they had much stricter standards oh, yeah. and practices, right? So there was. Even tonight, we were supposed to have seen a guy light his wife on fire because he had mental illness, and she thought he thought she had the devil in him. That was still done clever. Like, I mean, yeah. we we knew what we knew was going on. We yeah. didn't see her light on fire. Nowadays, we'd watch her running off screen <laughs> in flames and yeah. there'd be blood across our screen. Yeah. Yeah. But back then, they had to be so much more uh, clever about how they present all the stuff mm-hmm. to the user because yeah. you really got it. But honestly, I saw tonight's episode and I'm like, that's still yeah. gritty as hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and the thing is, too, I think when you're when you're not clever about it and you just expose everything at the gate like the burning zombie running across the screen mm-hmm. it desensitizes we're yeah, not you're involved just like, in the story oh, yeah, right yeah. yeah but it cannot yeah it can yeah. almost well, work it, better watching it this way that's yeah. a great storytelling we always try and bring it back to writing yeah. you show instead of telling, telling and yeah. it seems like 
if you have the burning person, that's telling, right? Yeah. You yeah. want to, you want to. I mean, sometimes it's, it's good. I mean, if it's, if it's for a spectacle, like I want to see Game of Thrones, I want to see the guy get lit on fire. Yeah. Because Game of Thrones. But yeah. like, you know, for a cop drama, yeah. I'm fine with yeah. it, you know, yeah. uh, happening off screen or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. Especially well, because you see the the reactions of the exactly, yeah. and then that's yeah. the stuff that really matters, right? Is yeah. she's going to die, but yeah. what does everyone else take from it? Yeah. Well, it's funny too because when Hill Street Blues was around, like keep in mind this was right after Star Wars, like yeah. a lot of people were going kind of cuckoo right. over the space stuff, right? right? Buck Rogers was in there too, yeah. like, but all these special effects shows that look cheap, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Six Million Dollar Man yeah. was out at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It was odd. I shouldn't say odd. It was hill street blues was one of the only shows like this at the time and i right. think that's why it was kind of celebrated quite yeah. a bit um you know well, especially in those early seasons yeah and and another reason uh we both we all kind of mentioned was it has a very distinctive style uh like it's, it's it looks like a feels like it the is office a, well and it's like, it's like handheld handheld cameras yeah. yeah yeah um which is you know and they're just bobbing and moving and it, it adds to this uh kinetic yeah. energy that the the show has and on top of that there's the audio where you can't hear what the fuck the people are saying half the time because yeah. there's so much background noise and people are yelling yeah. over top of each other it sounds like a police station yeah. and when yeah. they're arguing with guys on the street it sounds mm-hmm. like a real arguing with a, a homeless but it's multi-camera right i think so yeah oh, no, no, no. it was but it was Sorry, not no, like it's it's single camera now because when you look at when you look at dialogue, they're filming it and this guy's yeah, saying yeah. some and they're so they're these actors then yeah. are saying the same line yeah. up to four times. And yes, keep in mind true. the technology back then, a camera was not yeah. a handheld. Well that's the thing, yeah. A like so those guys when they were walking around following those, yeah. those cameras must have been huge. Yeah. Plus and the guy filmed. holding the battery, the battery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the cords. Yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. And it's not like it was open sets. Like when you're the no. roll call scenes or the in the the yeah. bullpen, I don't know what they yeah. what they call it. Yeah. There's like people walking, it's close, it's oh, narrow. It's so tight and like how yeah. do they film that? Well, and they yeah. And when it, you think about like uh um Law and Order SVU and their new station which is like all spread out yeah, yeah, and yeah. luxurious yeah. So in Manhattan. Film. Yeah, which like no. <laughs> But so, yeah, yeah, but it, it, it reminded me a lot of actually. Uh, besides Twin Peaks, which had its own style and it was very different, uh, it reminded me a lot of The West Wing, which it started yeah. off with this very distinctive walk and talk. It was all there in that first episode yeah. of you just follow them along through the hallways of the West Wing. They're but talking you meet about all shit the characters you don't understand. that in the very first episode yeah. you find out yeah. what all the characters Exa- are doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And this one was again very similar from the pilot. Again, that was that was a strength from the pilot, but it holds up really well throughout the future seasons because it. It has that nervous kind of what the hell's going to happen with these cops Mm -hmm. energy, right? So One thing that I noticed too when we're rewatching the episodes, Hill Street Blues, it it might not come across this way, but it is dripping in as much style as Twin Peaks. Yeah. Because when you watch Hill Street Blues, it is, like I said earlier, color palettes on clothing are all relatively the same. The sets, even when they're outside, there's like a gray, sad-ass filter on everything. And Twin Peaks... Again, I mean, yeah. that show set the bar at the time for style, yeah. right? I mean, no character was, uh, like, yeah, you know, Everyone dressed in public. Like, Everything yeah, was, was so well curated, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Hill Street Blues, same thing. So yeah. I think maybe, I mean, I don't know if Mark Frost picked up a lot on that. Yeah. But, I mean, when you when you have a show like this and everything, every little detail is thought down, like yeah. like the wood coloring in this show, like yeah. the hallways, the every yeah. time we get, see someone's apartment building, yeah, I'm like, all looks where the hell is this city? <laughs> Shit town? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it is Everywhere sad. Is terrible. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's it's interesting, just a little tidbit. They filmed exteriors in Chicago and LA and I think maybe one other city, but they never said it, it wasn't, never there was said no it was city. city. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fascinating to find out, like, you can tell more or less which ones were 
filmed in Chicago because there's snow on the ground and you wouldn't see that yeah, in yeah, LA. The winter shots. But there were some in the episodes tonight where I'm like, that has to be LA, but and it, it LA look... in the eighties was pretty gritty and, and drab, yeah. but there's no like bright sunshine yeah. and then no. they did like, a good it's, job it's, of like you said, that sad ass gray filter yeah. that they put on. Well every episode feels like fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. It's fall, fall. shitty yeah. day. <laughs> like yeah. cold and yeah. Um yeah. but that's a great point about the style, Stacey, that um it, if Mark Frost did see that in Hill Street Blues, that every detail was thought out and that filter and the colors and everything, set deck, everything was curated to mm-hmm. fit that theme, that is absolutely something that he could have brought into Twin Peaks and said, okay, you know, I have experience on this show. This is how we made Hill Street so and realistic. And obviously David Lynch would bring that as well. I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, watching, yeah. but it's uh, different for a movie versus a TV show, right? Yeah, to an extent. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, he rebuilt Victorian London for The Elephant Man, right? Sure. And okay, it felt like Victorian London. Like, yeah. that that's his strength as a visual artist was yeah. to like, okay, yes, I'm going to have this thing. I think Mark Frost would have said, okay, what are we going to, how are we going to, we have these characters, what does it fit with them? Yeah. Make them all 50s characters. There's a biker yeah. and a schoolgirl and, you know, uh, you know, the troubled yeah. teenager and everything. Yeah. So. Well, not to quote, uh, you know, uh, someone who's not a fancy literary person, but Tina Fey talks about <laughs> the impact a writer has yeah. on the whole production. Right. Like, essentially, the writer is the king. Yeah. Right. In these productions. And I mean, you see that, you know, from the 80s on up. Like, I yeah. can't think of a time, maybe in the 50s when it was more so about yes. the star itself yeah. and, and that star driving the production. Yeah. But, you know, you look nowadays and it's. it's oh, yeah. uh, well, I mean, yeah. how many we were thinking about this um, with head writers and how like Aaron Sorkin is a good example. He mm-hmm. wrote everything for the first four seasons of the West Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was his show. Yeah. Whereas, you know, when you had writer's rooms and we've talked about this with like um, Six Million Dollar Man and like you said in the 50s, Stacey, um, there was no like one voice or one creative unless it was the star or the executive producer. But now you have these showrunners and people who exert such creative force over mm-hmm. the show, the, the show itself. Yeah. And that kind of started, I think in this period. Probably, I mean, they would have had writers. I mean, they had writers rooms here and that's where yeah. Mike Frost took yeah. over. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's still, you can still exert that, that level of influence. Well, and it, had to keep, it had to keep that, that style. So I think a lot of it was kind of set in stone by the creators, but right. and who's the other creator. Uh, we saw his name, name every fucking episode. Can't remember it. Michael Kozal. Michael, Michael Kozal. Kozal. Okay. Theme music composer Mike Post. Yes. yes. Yeah. We talk about the theme music. Oh, we love the music. We talk about the theme music. We really love the music. Yes. And we also talked about Mimsy. I'm sorry. Yes. We have to take yeah. a period of time. <laughs> Let's talk about Mimsy. Yeah. Talk about the Mimsy. Cat. Yes. As a small child. Watching these television shows, yeah. I mean, I'd sit like television raised me <laughs> because, you know, he he basically Stacy basically is the character uh, Bill Murray's character from Scrooge. He was raised on the TV, raised on by television. And that's how he understands yeah, everything. Yeah, and I will light you on fire uh, to get ahead at work. <laughs> and I do spike my um, rum with tab. Uh, that seemed to be his drink. Yeah, uh, but it was funny. So Mimsy was this cat that. So uh, I'll go back to Mary Tyler Moore. Produced this show. That was kind of a big yeah. deal because she produced a lot of powerhouse shows. Yeah. Like St. Elsewhere and some other things that we mentioned. Yeah. Did we mention them? Not yet. We did mention oh, them. Oh, shit. What there are, are some a couple the other more. The, uh, what were the other ones? Stacy. St. Elsewhere. Hill Street Blues. L.A. Law. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so somewhere along the line, someone brought some cat in named Mimsy. And that little cat appeared at the very, very end of every episode. 
So it wasn't her cat? No, it wasn't her cat. It was just uh, some cat. rando person well, brought I, it I in. I kind of like that, too. That, that makes it's a kind lot of sense. Yeah. Mimsy has lived on. So yeah. Mimsy was this little cat that appears. I, I don't know if everyone remembers the MGM line at the end of episodes. Yeah, it would roar. A little Mimsy gives a little squeak. Yeah. Well... <laughs> After a period of time, they actually started dressing Mimsy up at the end of all productions. So for Hill Street Blues, yeah. you saw Mimsy wearing a uh, little police officer's hat. And tonight, I made the horrible mistake of showing Aiden and Lindsay. Unfortunately, Mimsy aged, as things <laughs> do. As things do. At, at the age of 20, Mimsy died. And at the end of one St. Elsewhere episode, they had Mimsy. And this is what was so fucked up about the 80s, because they probably thought this was cute. They had Mimsy on a hospital gurney with a monitor attached to it. And you could, at the end of at the ending credits, you could hear beep, beep. And then a flat line. Right. And that was their goodbye to Mimsy. Yeah, and that was uh, their goodbye to Mimsy. And people thought that was adorable. And it was crushing just, for yeah, the um, for this household. Yeah. Because it was yeah. probably the wrong thing to show you. Because I was like, isn't that hilarious? And you're like, no, that sweet soldier's gone marching off to Jesus. Like, I'm like, okay, well, oops, my bad. We but, all cuddled our cats yeah, we cuddled a little yeah. closer. They really did. Yeah. They called all 15 of them over. <laughs> them. Had a little cuddle. Um, and speaking of animals, I just want to dip into the episode tonight. So, yeah. so dear listeners, uh, there was a live bear <laughs> in the episode. A literal and live bear. A literal live bear. And it wasn't that they filmed this bear in isolation and then in post added actors yeah, around yeah. it. The actors were with the bear. <laughs> yeah. As a matter of fact, at one point in time, one of the actors was poking the yeah. shit out of a bear. <laughs> and then the bear... Obviously attacked the actor. I mean, that was fake. Yeah. But later on in the episode, they showed this live bear feet away from children, yeah. real live children. Yes. And, and they thought, okay, well, let's well, bring we'll a live bear into that, yeah. a classroom. And yeah. this is great production. They must yeah. have had it on like a shock collar or something. And the bear knows if it does anything, it gets. Well, it, it gets wouldn't surprise me. It was 1985. Yeah, they didn't they care did, much. Like, yeah. Standards were different. There was no sign saying at the end of the episode, no animals yeah. were No, exactly. No one cared. Yeah, no one cared. No. yeah, even if the bear was shot, they probably would have been like, great bear rug. <laughs> let's. Sell those bear paws. <laughs> yeah. Could be. Yeah. Um, you brought true. up a really good point about this tonight's episode too. That um, like tying it back to the real world because this was around the time that um, Reagan was president. Yes. Yeah. John Gotti. I, like tonight there was a gangster. Um, a gangster, a gangster yeah. on there. Yes. The and it, it's yeah. funny because one thing I noticed about today's cop shows they pull shit from headlines. Yeah. These guys did it in a much more subtle way. Yes. Like I was trying to think of. So the unfortunately the mentally ill gentleman who lit his wife on fire. That was in and around the time like. I want not Son of Sam, but there was some other cuckoo crazy crap happening. Probably lots of serial killers. A cult guy lit his followers on fire. And I cannot remember what it was. Okay. Could be after that. Anyways, but it was really funny because I was, as we were watching the episode, I'm like, why would they bring up this... Right. Crazy fat, yeah, yeah, yeah. A mafia Gangster guy. Man. Oh well, it's sort of like because later on in December of '85, Gotti was, I think, brought down. Yeah. Right. Don't fact check this shit, <laughs> viewers, and don't send tweets about like that. Stacey guy's a friggin' moron. Listen, it was a long time ago, and I'm old, so shut up. <laughs> but it's true because it's true. this was around the same time that, like, yeah, like Smokey the Bear. Well, Smokey the Bear is Smokey older. The bear. Oh, so um, that today too. Yeah, I was saying Reagan, Nancy yes, Reagan, yes. had brought yes, in yeah. all those ineffectual anti-drug campaigns. Yeah. So what they, I think they were trying to do in this episode was because this bear was supposed to f- take a bite out of crime or some right. shit, yeah. or that might have been McGruff. Yeah. But I think they were trying to talk about how ridiculous all of these children-focused. Uh, anti-crime yeah, yeah. or anti-drug programs yeah. were and they yeah. were like yeah. I mean I remember being in school in the 80s and having like our <laughs> like police officers dressed up like stupid large dogs with monocles yep. 
talking to us about safety. Yeah. And, and I'm just, like, how about I'm this? I'm getting high after class. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. You can join me if you want. High level Alberta, yo. Like, my teacher sells crack. So. Uh, okay, getting back to the episodes. Yes, we'll, yes, we'll, yes. We'll give Sorry. some structure to this. No, this is good, though. Um, the next one I believed we watched was... We, we went to season four, and yeah. we watched um, episode four, Death by Kiki. Oh, yeah, that one was kind of odd. What's the description again? Just read it out quick. Kiki tries to ex- tries to persuade Eldridge to change his story. Hill's behavior gets worse and worse as he blows all his money. So uh, um, yes. Officer Hill comes into, into some money, money and, and he gambles away basically he ends up addicted to gambling yeah. i think is the point the gist. that happens um, over one episode well i think it happens in previous yeah, episodes yeah there's a big okay. previous episodes yeah. this came i was going to say that's today bullshit yeah, yeah. <laughs> um fisk returns to the housing project with tragic results coffee sulks when bait scores higher on the sergeant's exam ah uh, yes and daniel's has to make peace between furlo and mahoney um, I think Fisk was the politician who went yeah. to the housing project to, and then died. He oh. fell out the window. <laughs> that was an amazing which was scene. Kind of yeah, crazy. that was a really great scene because um, we didn't see it coming. So kind of like pretty intense drama. Yeah. But also we were laughing at the yeah, same time. Yeah. So again, very you know it's on that knife edge yeah. like Twin Peaks was between dark is this comedy. really dark or is this funny? Yeah. And it and it it did a really good job. I thought this yeah. was a really great. Yeah, episode that, that episode that. was really good. And it, it, the the first storyline, I just remembered it. It was uh, this guy had uh, he was he was an immigrant or something, and he was going to be charged with uh, right. a crime. But uh, the man that was accusing him lied basically to get to, to get the guy charged. And so this other guy uh, eventually winds up killing the man who accused well, him. Yeah, because he he's trying to get him to change his story so that he won't be forced to take the stand and then possibly be exposed for his immigration status. Yeah, yeah, being deported and stuff. And it was a really kind of like, um, yeah, it was like the desperation and stuff like that for that really feels like it could play out today as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Sorry, I'd also like to point out one of today's episodes. There was one cop who really did not care for Russians. And he (laughs) he made that quite clear. And he was like, America, America's great and it'll never be... You know, part of what, what Russia. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like, oh, oh okay. well, just wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. That guy that probably would vote for Trump now. Yeah, right? probably. Well, <laughs> well, that yeah. character would. Yeah, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, um, um, yeah, and that ch- character. He's what's his name? I can never remember. He's Hunter? one of the lieutenants. Lieutenant Hunter. Hunter? Yeah. yeah, he's like the the proto fascist type. Yeah, uh, we should have printed character. off faces. We really, we really should have. Because right now, I feel like everyone's hearing us go. You know that guy? Yes, and the other guy. In a yeah. show with twenty five <laughs> yeah. cast members, oh, it has feels like more. Yeah. I know yeah. every, episode, every episode, and and that was the other thing we can talk about yeah. is just how many amazing, incredible guest stars were oh, brought yeah. in. Oh my god! Yeah, and you showed everybody. Yeah, yeah. like yeah. I mean, Dan Hedaya was in an episode we, we watched tonight. Um, James Cromwell. Yeah. Jennifer Tilly, we mentioned. Yeah. Uh, um, in previous episodes, we had James Avery, uh, Doctor Uncle Phil. Yes, from, from Fresh Prince. Uh, Fresh Prince. Um, Scatman Crothers. Scatman Crothers was, was in, an in an episode just there. Uh, who else? Uh, well, Dennis Franz is in. He comes back. He, in the yeah, he ends up he, with with a uh, more recurring role, and then ended up getting a spinoff, which was kind of a comedy. Did you know about this? Yes, Hollywood Blunts. No, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bunts? Something like that. I can't yes. remember. But it's weird because one of the cops goes off to Hollywood. From what I recall, <laughs> you guys, yes. okay? No, I Yeah, no fact checking. Yeah. Goes to Hollywood with like one of like the criminal, like, uh, 
what they're called like snitches yeah oh, okay. and then they ha- but i'm like he it, it transitions from hill street blues <laughs> yes. to a semi-comedy but yeah. yes i remember <laughs> seeing the snitch guy on like carson or some shit uh-huh. like that and he was saying he's like i don't know how we got here yeah. Like, yeah. no one no one can make sense <laughs> no. of how they transitioned <laughs> to a comedy because it was yeah. a weird situation yeah i awesome. just reading it i'm yeah. like how the, what we're the gonna have story? to watch yeah, now, this is it thing? called hollywood bunts Look it up, Stacey. Oh Sorry, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Beverly Hills Bunts. Beverly Hills Bunts. There you go. That Which is no weird. Sense. And it ran for one season, but I think maybe only a few of them No, no back then, shit used to get canceled. Like yeah. You'd be watching it and you'd be like, what the hell? I feel like... <laughs> it just stops mid-episode. It just stops. And then it leaves people hanging. Because again, they had Nielsen's rating and they were like, ah, it's not doing that it's well. Doing yeah. well. That's yeah. what happened to Misfits of Science, y'all. I'm not familiar yeah. with this. I don't know. What I this want. Is. Oh my god! I want. I want everybody to go online and look up Misfits of Science. Yeah, it was a great television show. It was uh-huh. about uh, people with special abilities. Uh-huh. And I remember. I mean, I was a child at the time. <laughs> I loved it. Ali Sheedy was in it. She was Ooh. a telekinetic. Ooh. And uh, some good. some other shit was there. But it was kind of interesting because they finally they gave superheroes full personalities. Okay. They had conflicts. They had turmoils. But we didn't get to you didn't live get to it out. That we didn't now. explore it. It sounds yeah. like a Netflix series now. I mean, you can just it, pitch it again. And yeah, it was great. It was great. But yeah, no, they used to catch it all the time. Yeah, yeah. The other thing they used to do in the 80s that was super awesome, you'd get, get your bowl of popcorn, you'd get your drink, you'd sit down in front of TV, and like one of the characters would be now played by, and that person <laughs> would walk out and you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> Now, in today's times, they would just kill the character. Yeah, yeah. 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 That would just write yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, replace them with yeah. Christopher Plummer. Yeah. yeah. Well, tonight I saw one of the cops. <laughs> yeah. We remember we saw the guy get shot in the dry yes. cleaning thing. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, he, they had to shoot that guy because he had to go film 30 something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was wrong. It yeah. wasn't him. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It could have been. Yeah. yeah. That could have been a convenient excuse. By the I way, the hit I... TV show 30 something, also another, you yes. know, yes. Yes, absolutely. impactful. So, yes. Yeah. That'll be our next true. podcast. We'll yeah. do 30 something. 30 something and spinoffs. Yeah. Did they have any? Uh, I can't remember if 30 something had any spinoffs, but I do know that uh, there was a clothing line produced uh, oh, for yeah. that television show. Because this is the funny thing about um, Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, people, I mean, today's times, if you watch a TV show, you, you're, you're going to get like, if I'm watching Real Housewives of wherever, <laughs> I can buy their wine. Yeah. I can buy their <laughs> shitty track suits. I can buy crappy bags. And you have, Stacey. And I have. They know how to monetize this shit now, right? Twin Peaks was one of the first shows. Because like I said, I remember Twin Peaks came out and all of a sudden cosmetic companies were bringing back lip colors. You know, uh, shirt companies were actually tailoring to the Twin Peaks look because there was a very tailored look. And keep in mind, the 90s was a time of baggy clothes. You know, I mean, there was still, I mean, when you watch the episodes now, it still looks a little bit dated. Sure. But it wasn't like... Oh, yeah, no. I mean, Cooper's iconic black suit is skinny tie. Like, it's a very particular thing. And people were starting to figure out, hey, wait a minute. I can make money off We can money off this if we give this thing a little bit of legs. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing when they started introducing the boy bands. Yeah, we can make dolls and stickers and TV <laughs> yes, shows. Yeah, exactly. Now you can't produce a children's uh, toy product without a TV show. Without a TV show, that's, that's why usually the it's a law. Yeah, well, well, economic law basically. Yeah, you're pretty dumb if you don't. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Okay, right, what was the next Sorry. episode? That's okay. No, this is good. This is how. Uh, I'm just going to barely get through the episode. Yeah, <laughs> God. Sorry. Shut up. Season four, episode twelve, Nichols from Heaven. Oh, the yeah. rats return. Esther House is hospitalized for tests. Bates, Coffee, and Joyce try to protect a woman and her children from her abusive husband. 
The latest cop killing looks to be a hired gun copying the random killer, and the corruption investigation strikes to close Hill Street. And Hill Street gets word of the murder of Marty Nichols. So one of the cops yeah. gets murdered by, uh, there's like a cop killer who's like sniping off, off officers. Yeah. And uh, so there's lots of drama and tension in the, mm-hmm. the station house. And um, this was one of the episodes where we realized that uh, Captain Frollo mm-hmm. and... Lieutenant Goldblum. Yep. Yes. Okay. Always have a scene in the bathroom. Yes. And they're usually crying. Yeah. It, well, or or having a, as close to an emotional moment that men were allowed men were in allowed 1980, in 1980, whatever. Yeah. Um, which which was, is, yeah. it was great because it's like, it it was a chance to, uh, obviously, and these were all Mark Frost written episodes. So mm-hmm. um, it was cool to see, like, it seemed to be a thing that he really liked to do. Yeah. Maybe they did it over other episodes that we haven't seen yet, but um, bringing two male characters together to have a heart to heart. It was always in like a men's locker room or the bathroom. Yeah. And it was like, it was a men's only station. That's so you knew you as soon as someone your... walked into the bathroom, but even just having a scene in the bathroom. Yeah. Seems like it's, it's it was a little a, different. A, a, yeah. yeah. I would just like, I'd like to point out that's not really real because when dudes are in the bathroom, <laughs> yeah. you shut up. Yeah. You talk to me. <laughs> if you come up, you could come up to me and be like, man, I think Lindsay's out. I think she's ending our marriage. I, I don't want to hear it in the washroom, dude. I don't care if we're done. I don't <laughs> yeah. want to fucking no. hear it. You don't leave talk me about alone. You bring me to the storage closet <laughs> or storage room, wherever that yeah, is. Yeah, we have the storage room. At yeah, we'll yeah. go to... Yeah. We can talk there. Our boss's office and eat candies <laughs> in her desk, but not the washroom. No, no. It's no, so it's... verboten. You yeah. Know, and even their washroom, I saw it. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not going to well, have a like talk with someone with the smell of urinal piss <laughs> everywhere. Well, and I guess in one episode, there's like a dead guy in the bathroom. <laughs> and one of the cops just like nudges him out of the way so he can use the toilet. The toilet. Well, when you got to go. I yeah. guess, yeah. right? But it's just like, it's not a place that you'd have a therapy session. But no. they always, but they always did, it. did. Maybe because it's it literally is the only place where they would get any privacy. Yeah. So, I mean, although one of the other sense. episodes, uh, one of the guys is, is upset. A cop is just, I think it was actually that episode. A cop has just been murdered yeah. and everyone's like, Oh, don't feel bad. And he's crying. And then eventually he figures out, Oh no, it's cause his wife is cheating on him. And he's just, he's gone to this one quiet place to be alone. But it's almost like a forced male bonding because they all come in like, oh, it's okay. It'll right. be all right. Yeah. And then they're like, fuck, it, my it, wife's cheating on me. Leave me the fuck alone. It plays on off. that idea. Like maybe by that point it was such a trope in the show yeah. that they're like, well, right. let's make fun of ourselves. Yeah, you know? a little bit. Yeah. Because um, I laughed. But yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah. Keep in mind, in the, in around the mid-80s, men were starting to wear pink. Yes, that's, that's you true. You could have an earring and you weren't gay. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was a different time. But the thing too, I think they could present those men having those emotional moments. Yeah. But they're still the epitome of man. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, like, yeah. yeah, it was funny. Well, and it's funny. I mean, Goldblum started off being kind of a wimp. Like he wore a bow tie and he didn't want to draw his gun. And yeah. um, he was a hostage negotiator. But right. eventually he becomes a little bit more... Quote unquote manly. But yeah, but even then, he's he remains kind of like the liberal. Definitely in, to, in the, to whatever context of is. Right. of the the right. station. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, he was yeah. he yeah he wasn't hunter or yeah 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 he was the softy. But I mean, yeah, it was interesting. And keep in mind, uh, dear listeners, that we're talking about the manliness and all of a sudden <laughs> in those contexts. Yes. Not, Not today's, today's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yes. fully aware. We're woke, okay? <laughs> we woke. So we're good. No hashtag angry Twitter. Yeah, like, hashtag, yeah. Hashtag you size gender assholes. Like, no, we don't. I'm yeah. just saying. But no. it's true. Like, there yeah. was, and even in the episode, we talked about this yeah. earlier. Again, the presentation of female characters, while they yeah. were police officers and they were not weak, they would not back down. They had a voice. Yeah. 
they still kind of played like a traditional female a roles. Traditional yeah. female role. There's only one lady yes. who I saw roughing up a, a dude, Actually. but she had to because her hair was so awful <laughs> yeah. and she was probably working out some anger because yeah. that chick sported <laughs> that fucking mullet the whole for the whole time. Oh, yes. She yes. had that haircut for eight years. Yep. And I'll tell you one thing. If I had to work next to um, Joyce Summers, <laughs> Buffy's mom, yep. I would have wanted to beat people up too because I can't stand that chick. I think a lot of people can't stand yeah, her. That Faye, was, she's one of those Faye characters that shows Faye up on Ferrello. a lot of... Like I literally went on uh, an old message board. It was from like, I think the last post was from 95 or something like that. And the two characters that everybody talked about was Faye Ferrello and James Hurley from Twin Peaks. That's that, the, the level the, of hatred that everybody yeah. had for Faye Ferrello. Yeah. Just yeah. putting it in the context yeah. of Twin Peaks fans. Yeah. 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 No so, one liked her. Did yeah. you guys, sorry, and I, you have, you're the experts here. Did you guys see any characters from Twin or from Hill Street Blues? In, uh, actors, you mean? Actors, sorry, in, uh, no, in the Twin actually. Peaks stuff? No, Which not, shocks me. Not yeah. even as a background? Yeah. yeah. Really? I bet there must we, have been we somebody. Probably, if, if you watch the whole series, I'm sure there were guest stars. That and were. this is something that um, we should probably ask Joel Bacco, our mm. friend, uh, friend of the podcast. He's watching all of them right now. Yeah. Um, so, and he won't be listening to this right now because he's in the middle of his watch and he doesn't want us to spoil Let's anything spoil for anything. him. So, when he's finished, hopefully, Joel, <laughs> if you're listening, you'll write to us and let us know if you caught anything. Yeah. And obviously, we aren't watching the whole thing yet, but... Because I'm thinking the tall guy who invented the warp drive. Yeah. James he, Cromwell. Yeah. yeah, he would have been. He would have been, been a, perfect, in, a perfect character. But he, he was never in Twin Peaks, but he no, could have been. But I'm saying, yeah, yeah like yeah. he was, he, he had so many weird yeah. flipping roles. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Or Belker with his ankle oh, yeah. biting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Introduced yeah. as an ankle biter from the beginning and then growls at people all the time. Yeah. He He's a main in, character. Yeah. He could have fit in. in yeah. Him and Andy would have been a good pair for. Uh, Send them out yeah. to yeah, it's solve anything investigate and... jo- uh, Leo Johnson's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, to uh, come back to um, Sergeant Bates, she becomes a sergeant, yes. Lucy Bates. Yeah. Right. Um, in the next episode that we watched, season four, episode 14, that's the episode where Sergeant Esterhouse dies. And so Lucy is offered the position of um, doing the roll call, the roll, yeah. roll sergeant yeah. in the morning. And she kind of doesn't want it because, well, out of respect, I think. But um, that was pretty cool to see that this, she was, like you said, the lone female officer who actually stayed as a beat cop or, you know, in that role. There were other female officers who came in and left. Yeah, like uh, Malcolm in the Middle's mom was a a cop for a while. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the two of them did a a prostitution scene together, which was like super realistic. Like there's the two of them. You know, they catch a guy and he just like tosses them aside. Like he's a huge dude who just like tossed them to the ground and like yeah, they needed a couple the, the help of, of like to... three or four extra cops just to get Which them. Which I'm sure is probably closer to what would actually happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, had... and I like that. It wasn't like yeah. they tried to glamorize the women and they'd be just as strong as, uh, you know, a right. well-built dude. Like, no, they need some help, but they can still do the job. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was a really good scene that yeah. way. Um, but yeah, so she comes back and she's going to be the staff sergeant. She yeah. does ex- eventually accept it. And it is cool because... One of the things Stacy told me about as soon as I mentioned Hill Street Blues is like, do you remember when that chick got her Emmy stolen from her? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell us about yes. The Great Imposter. Let me tell you guys a little story about The Great Imposter. There was a dude, Barry Bremen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's his, yeah. his name was. He was, so he was a celebrity in the 80s. Like this a-hole would dress up, like if he wanted to be, if he would go to, uh, the NBA put on a uniform and go out on the court. And and back then, and I, I maybe have to provide a little bit more context. 
Let me tell you about the world before 9-11, okay? You could, with a little bit of confidence, you could go anywhere. Anywhere. You could walk on a plane and be like, oh my God, I forgot my ticket, but here's my driver's license. I mean, I don't know if it was like that, but I'm just saying it was a different time, yeah. right? Yeah. You you did not have to really ever go through security in many places. Right. So this dude uh, basically used to just dress up. And people, like, after a while, people would catch on. They're like, get the fuck out of here, the great imposter. And then he would go on, like, Letterman and all those other things. Anyways, one time, the great imposter goes to the Emmys. Because back in the day, you could buy tickets to the Emmys. Oh, wow. I didn't I think know that's that. how he got in there. That's awesome. Anyways, he was at the Emmys in an, in an Oscar. What's her nuts? Uh, the you know, actress who actress plays, who plays Lucy, Bates. Yeah. Lucy Bates, who I call Angry Mullet. <laughs> Angry Mullet wins the Emmy and they call her up on stage and this guy runs up on stage and he goes, I'm really sorry, but Angry Mullet couldn't be here tonight. <laughs> and she'd like to thank everyone for being here and thank you very much. And thanks again. That's yeah, literally yeah, yeah, almost that's what, what he says. Yeah. So then Peter Graves, who's giving away the awards, is like, uh, okay. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden, Angry Mullet walks up and she's like, yo, I'm here. <laughs> and it was really funny because they caught the whole thing on camera and they just shuffle everybody off on stage. Yeah. And then later on, after the commercial break, they bring her on. Yeah. We actually watched it just yeah, we watched in preparation it for this. Yeah. But it was really funny because Hill Street Blues, I mean, it was like the um, like the Muppets did some spoofs on them. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm huge. sure that... that well, and, uh, and we didn't talk about this yet, but it did win the most Emmy Awards of all time until West Wing beat it out yeah, in yeah. the yeah. Two, early 2000s. Yeah. So, I mean, the first season, it was it won like 20 or 18 or something I don't something know how like many won, but it was, it was crazy. a obscene amount. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically everything. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, this was a critically acclaimed show, obviously. Yeah. We back that up now because yeah. it still holds up pretty yeah. well. Yeah, I want to see. Sorry, I'm trying to remember what else was on TV in '81. Like, again, I think it was yeah. like that after that Star Wars shit all came out. Mm-hmm. Not shit. I mean, it was amazing back then, <laughs> but you know, it was there was a different flavor for what people wanted. I yeah. mean, people I think were still coming off of like All in the Family, maybe the yeah. uh, Jeffersons, Nash's that type of stuff. Nash, I think, started in like '82. Yeah. So it started after. I think really? it started after I that. It started maybe. in the seventies. Well, there Mash was a, like there was a movie. And Love oh yeah, and stuff, right? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But Mash, I think, started yeah. after that. It's not on oh, okay. this list. Yeah. The yeah the the Mash movie was from like seventy seven. Oh, I thought oh, it was earlier than that. Earlier than that. Uh, I, I thought everything was earlier. But okay, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. Everything before we were born is yeah, just, just like, I know it's just it's like it's together. weird. It's yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, Falcon like, Crest. Three's Company was still on. In eighty one. In eighty one. Oh yeah. Apparently, see, and I think 84. like this show was the opposite yeah, of, of all those of Three's things. Company. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. think Three's Company back in the day would be equivalent to our Two and a Half Men. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Literally, and I think this yeah. sort of stuff would have been like. And keep in mind, there were no cl- super clever. Com- well, I mean, there was a show called Soap. Yeah. And maybe Benson. Yeah. Was maybe in and around that mm-hmm. time. I could be getting that wrong. Those were for like the smart people comedies, right. but then you had yeah. you know the dumb You're people comedy. But then Hill Street Blues, <laughs> because you needed honestly, Hill Street Blues is like Game of Thrones. There are so many flipping characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're even yeah. talking about them now, and we're like, who's he? What's yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah, yeah we can't Angry get straight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you needed you need to pay attention yeah. to to figure out what's going on, right? Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Sorry, we're still talking about the episodes, you guys. Well, want? this is just a good way to bring up our. Yeah, Jeez. absolutely. This is fine. This, is fine. this will work. All right. Then we watched uh, the th- three episodes later, so season four, episode 17, called The End of Logan's Run. Belker has a final run-in with his bald-headed pickpocket with many names. Joyce defends a man whose brother plans to threaten the prosecution witness into silence, and Operation Stop and Cop begins. Which, I remember the Stop and Cop 
storyline. Oh, I don't remember the Sovereign Cop at all. What Which was, was shut down by Captain Frillo, Frillo shut it down, and then his boss came problems. in and said it was... Yeah, there was... And that's the other thing. There was a lot of political gamemanship that came into it. Yeah. Because at one point, there's a mayor race, and the, the chief of police is running, and there's a councilman running, and yeah. there's the incumbent mayor, I think, is still running. Super confusing yeah. for, for us who just watched a couple episodes here and there. Yeah. The, the Belker story... I remember that one because yeah. it was really sad because basically his uh, the man he's been chasing and, and arresting and letting go all these times uh, winds up dying. Yeah. Um, and he feels really bad. And then he has to call uh, the guy's mom. And it's like this really, really heart wrenching scene. Yeah. And Belker is just like the perfect character to do it because he's kind of like Toby from the West Wing. He's just angry all the time. And yeah. So when he shows any sort of human emotion, it really cuts deep. Yes, it does. It Very feels much good so. that way. So, did we talk about how did Twin Peaks um, title their episodes? So, Twin Peaks, did, the they theme? didn't. They didn't. But they but. are commonly titled by the translation of the German titles that were given when it was aired in Germany. Germ- so the Germans just watched it, made up a title, and then we translated. So it they're back ridiculous. In yeah, is, okay. is Some the make point. No sense. Because okay. yeah, this is a good point to bring up the, the, titles, the titles of Hill Street Blues episodes. Because yeah. most of them, I think, are after novels. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like Logan's Run yeah. Yeah. is one. Requiem yeah. for a whatever that yeah. you said yeah. is Requiem for a Dream. Yep. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> because I'm so illiterate. I'm like, hey, that's after the movie. <laughs> no, no, there was a novel first. <laughs> well, sometimes yeah. dumb bad idiots. puns and stuff like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, stuff. yeah, like it's, yeah. It's good stuff. Still. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the bear one. I don't. What was the bear? Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we will. But, it's um, a funny title too. Um, yeah, no, for sure. And so that's the episode. I don't remember much else about it, but yeah, it, it again, it still had it, that it, core. But it, it's it's at that point where it's towards it's right about where Mark Frost takes over as head writer, which yeah. is right about when the show, the show kind of getting weird. like the ones we watched today. They weren't the best episodes that we saw. No, like, it and it it started ones. to drop off in viewers. A lot of people said they stopped watching after about season four, and and then it kind of trailed off after. So it had seven seasons. By the end, it wasn't doing as well as it was in the beginning, which is yeah. a fairly common story, I think, oh, yeah. for most TV That's, series. Well, yeah. Otherwise, they just keep going. Exactly. Right. And yeah. That, that like, poses and, its own uh, problems. Yeah. yeah. They could have been watching something else, though, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 I think Roseanne was out then. Yeah, exactly. Oprah was a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So by the mid-80s, there's a lot more, a lot more TV that's been yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of cut their eye teeth. That's not what I want to say. TV shows that are, that are being... Brought into existence because of shows like Hill Street Blues. They yeah. feel like they yeah, can push the envelopes a bit yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get yeah, better TV, better a better caliber of TV, right? Yeah. So this just happens. And this is something, sorry, just to totally change tax. This is something you and I talked about, Lindsay. Uh, and it's interesting because you brought up Mark Frost kind of takes over as as uh, showrunner as the season starts to decline. Right. Um, but it's kind of an interesting progression that does go through because you <laughs> you and I are writers. Yes. And what, what was the first things that we started writing? Back when we were teenagers. Fan fiction. Fan fiction. <laughs> and no, Stacy, not just <laughs> Harry say, Potter erotic. Harry Potter erotic <laughs> fan fiction. I was I I he wasn't gonna up, say he it. He brings it up once a week at well he's time. like, Aiden, we don't want to read your Harry Potter erotic. Exactly. We should we should mention that Stacy and Aiden work together if you yeah. haven't picked oh, that up yeah, yeah, in yeah. the course yeah. of this. Yeah. We of work this together. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Work together. Our dynamic is I am like the old uh what do you call the Why madam? And Aiden is my eager 
but uh, um, naive, willing, yeah. naive ingenue. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I just tell them all the time, go dance with those sailors and learn a thing or two. <laughs> I'm kidding. I didn't do that. Uh, no, it's but... more like uh, father son because I do joke whenever we go to meetings. I'm like, it's bring your kid to work day, and then people and just jump that in. Yeah. And yeah. Mostly it's because you time. do wear a knapsack sometimes, a backpack. I, I do. If I bring so it in, I'm, it's open game. Yeah, it's open game. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't mind at all. I do believe I call him half pint sometimes. <laughs> On occasion. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, we started writing fan fiction. Yes. And I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, I never considered it this way. But if you're a writer like Mark Frost, you're just a freelancer in Hollywood and they offer you a job in the writing room on Hill Street Blues and they say, hey, here's an episode. Go write it. You're basically writing fan fiction, yeah. essentially, at this yeah. point. You're taking someone else's characters, the world they've built, and you're you're creating a new story for them. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of just a word of encouragement that, uh, you know, you can kind <laughs> of go from there. And it's 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 how you and I learned how to write yeah. uh, initially. And you build a lot of the skills that you can use when you do write. Might be how I still write. Yeah, well, that's and that's fine. But, <laughs> but wait, wait, write for spec scripts? Spec scripts or, or like, just whole story treatments. Fiction. Just, like... Oh, yeah, okay, like got it, got it, got it. Straight yeah. fan fiction. Um, I think, uh, myself included, all the listeners want to know, what was your fan fiction on? What, what um, were we talking about? What was the first one, Lens? My we, first Yeah, one? your first, like, what was, what was the topic? And I'm going to judge the shit out of you. Oh, my God. If I, if you tell me that it's, like, it was Gilmore Girls and... <laughs> oh, no, it was, oh, no. It, I was, like, 11 writing Backstreet Boys Backstreet fan Boys. fiction. Oh, So you can okay. judge me for that till the cows Whatever. come Hey, home. who hasn't written a little Backstreet Boy erotic <laughs> fiction? I didn't I say mean, erotic. Oh, sorry. Erotic for an eleven-year-old, Stacey. Okay, age-appropriate eroticism. Okay. What was yeah. your first? Uh, Dragon Ball Z. Obviously, I think you could tell that just by looking at me. Do you Stacey. have copies of this shit still? I don't. Not Mine, the early stuff. Mine's on the uh, internet still. I'm pretty what? sure. What? Yeah. run a Dragon Ball Z. Um, Role playing game. Yes, it was like D and D. I was the dungeon master, but it was Dragon Ball Z. So right, like you could, that you is know. still online. Did you link any of your? That will never see the light of day ever again. Okay, I'm gonna find it and send it to Stacy. Okay, please and post do it to our because I would like Twitter to put it account. up at work. Mm. I when I uncover a gem, <laughs> when Aiden gives me something, yeah, I I run with you it. Gotta if go you walk it. into his office, there are pictures of him that I have. Photoshopped. Uh, photoshopped. Gently. Or I, I actually yeah. cut out his eyeballs quite a bit, and then I put in new eyeballs behind it, and you can slide the eyeballs around. Like, I, we, we should post that. We should post sure. the cleverness. Sure. You Because really this is what I do, is I take the picture, because the, the eyeballs behind the actual picture itself, because they move... Aiden can give an eye roll like, <laughs> like nobody's a whole business. 360 yeah. eye roll like, yeah. like yeah. legit. Yeah. 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 So that that's most of what we do. I would work. love to see your earliest works. Oh my god, it is terrible. No, who cares? I'm but sure it's on no judgment, no judgment, no judgment. Yeah, I'm we sure it would be it. somewhere. You'll also have to explain to me what Dragon Ball Z is. It's a cartoon, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was an anime show. So but it was, was it also toys and uh, like a, a little bit, but not. No, it wasn't to that level. It was. It was started off as a manga, so like a, just a Japanese oh, comic, yeah, and then yeah, they yeah. turned it into an anime. Yeah, I hate um, manga shit. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Aiden was raised. On this. I know yeah. when you would watch it, and like something would be happening, that something else would happen, and then they all they would. It was just weird. You just described the story. Something happens, and something. <laughs> no, I know. Well, I know. Hey, everyone. Can you believe that I'm a professional writer too? <laughs> no. Sign up for my classes. <laughs> Idiot writing by Stacy. Yeah, no, it's not yeah. gonna happen. But to bring back to the point, 
you start off maybe sorry continue, yeah. but i mean it's basically the same thing you, you yeah. cut your teeth basically on on someone else's story yeah. or on someone else's world um and you know you learn a lot there as stacy and we've all been pointing out you know yeah. the tricks that he learned here he brought back into twin peaks yeah. in a big way yeah um and it was you know, just encouraging as a writer to think that, you know, even if you don't ever want to go on and write your own things, uh, the years spent writing fan fiction as a 13 year old boy, uh, are well worth it. You're looking Absolutely. at me. No, I, I'm, <laughs> but you learn, you learn you, right? that's how you yeah. learn, right? You put the characters, familiar characters, characters that, you know, in situations that are novel and you work out how to make them move and how to make them do the things that you want them to do. And then that, in turn, helps you to create your own your own characters, which mm-hmm. is what Mark Frost did with David Lynch for Twin Peaks. So, I mean, Twin Peaks would not exist without the Six Million Dollar Man and Hill Street Blues and yeah. the other shows that he worked on and, and, and just the say, movies that he did. Exactly, and this, that's a perfect example because the Fantastic Four. He did not invent any of those characters. No. He wrote glorified fan fiction. Yeah. He ruined them. <laughs> I can't say and... he probably wasn't the only person on that. The yeah, writing yeah, staff. there were there so, were multiple writers on that still, movie. But still, yeah. we haven't watched Fantastic Four, the 2005 film. Yes. Are you? kidding me no oh, no don't if you do have a fork <laughs> we're doing an episode so on you it. can grind out your own eyeballs <laughs> and have scissors ready to cut off your own ears actually they made just, two of them i know and they, they were, were successful both enough that they made two of them no they I mean, shouldn't have they shouldn't well, have probably not but yeah. they did <laughs> they so. were so awful they were shit awful yeah I will come over I and I will it. watch it with you. No, you know what? You guys come over to my house and watch it. Sure, we can do that. And I will, like, I'll Kubrick you guys, Kubrick you guys to a chair so you can't turn Too away. Late. And I'll be like, look at what you wanted to do. <laughs> just like a, just like my mom used to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I was explaining to Lindsay before why I watched so much television yeah. as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a spirited child. <laughs> Spirit. And mm-hmm. this was before uh, ADD or all those amazing, you know, new um, diagnoses, diagnoses yeah, they yeah. give to kids now. Mm-hmm. And so in order for my mom to clean the house. And again, listeners, I don't want we don't want tweets <laughs> about this. It was, was child cruelty the 70s, the it was the 70s and whatnot. Yeah. My mom used to put a chair in front of the TV and she'd tie me to it. With a skipping rope, <laughs> just so she could have time to, to clean the house. Without you destroying And everything. she would often flip on the television, but there was no monitoring of what TV I was watching. <laughs> yeah. So it started, for me, it started off with like as far, far back as like Mel's Diner. <laughs> okay. And, you know, that type of shit. Wow. And it was crazy. And whatever I, was I on. That, yeah, whatever what, was what, on. How many channels? You had three channels back then? We had three, yeah. So CTV, ITV, We had CBC. Yeah. Uh... ITV and I can't remember what else. probably. It might have just been two channels. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's sad. Not a lot of programs. Not a lot of choices. Not a lot of choices. No. You so watch what was on. Everything. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's go to the next episode. Let's keep this <gasps> oh, going. Oh, man. <laughs> I love <laughs> this so much. Uh, so, yeah. Mayo Hold the Pickle. Uh, season five. Season five. So episode was, one. And then, yeah. This is the first episode. He was the executive. Yes. And editor. so we're introduced to new Roll Call, roll call Sergeant Jablonski. Um, who... Oh wait! Sorry, the episode where the old sergeant died—we yes. just got to talk about that. That yeah, is a we weird episode because okay. they they say that he died, and then they go into some graphic detail about how he died having sex with his potentially ex-wife. No, I think it was his his 
Paramore. Cre- okay. Because they had they had many episodes where their sexual exploits were put on display. Like oh, okay. So, so this was a regular thing they yes, did with this character. Yeah. Okay, that's Wait, slightly the, less the weird. The old guy. The, the, no, not that guy. No, oh, the, the older one. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got the, it. Got the actor actually be careful died. out there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was opposite was just really fucking weird because it they was, went into a lot of detail and like everybody was really interested. Like, did he really die? You know, doing the deed. But see, this like, is this is the interesting thing too about the show. We talked about the dark comedy kind of um, how it balances between you know dra- drama and comedy, and that whole Esther House death. Uh, storyline mm-hmm. you have that with how he died like in the midst of of sex which is an awkward way of putting it yeah. but then um, his his ashes in I think the next episode or the episode after that are spread on Hill Street that's what he wanted or what the right. officer's figure would be appropriate so they have this like touching farewell to him and they spread his ashes on Hill Street and they all leave and then like a street sweeper comes around the corner and sweeps up his ashes and it's like that is so <laughs> Hill Street. Yeah, that is so really, perfectly. That's funny. Uh, yeah, typical Dark, for the show. Funny, yeah. Yeah. I'd be yeah. so pissed if I walked into like if someone's ashes were all over <laughs> yeah. my feet. No, I know that would be. Or if like, like, really I was gross. walking my dog and I'm like, "What the hell are you eating but, now?" And also, ashes. remember this is shit grime. Yeah, 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 Hill, yeah, Street. yeah. Hill Street. So yeah, it gross. fits Hill for Street. Hill Street, yeah, but totally. yeah, in. Yeah. Well, it could happen in Edmonton, I suppose. So. Yeah, there's some places for sure. Let's Anyways, next episode. Yeah, so this is the first one. What's it called again? Uh, Mayo Hold the Pickle, which is another very strange Yeah, because that one, there's a character named Mayo, I think. Well, and this is the one with um, the uh, capital punishment storyline uh, yes. about the young black kid who may or may not have actually killed a nun. And people are trying to... And you hear about all the people on staff who are against the death penalty as yeah. cops, which... I guess never. I never really clued it. We haven't had the death penalty in Canada for since the '60s. I think. I think it was the '80s. That got rid of it. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe if you're not talking but... social media, though, are you? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, well, you do one wrong thing nowadays. <laughs> yes. But it, but I mean, obviously, it's, the death penalty is still um, big in the states. I guess I'm just thinking of of states like New York, which this seems to be set in New York. Yeah, type. Ish, yeah, it feels or, like that. Yeah. Or Chicago. Illinois. Yeah. Chicago. It could be. It could be. Yeah. 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 But yeah, like the death penalty doesn't really seem to be a big issue. But I guess in, in whatever this was, 1984, yeah. um, having cops speaking out against the death penalty was a big deal. And that's what, what they were doing. Well, and it, even, it wasn't even that simple. They had other cops who were like, yeah, definitely burn, yeah. The, burn the guy because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's a murderer. He Which shows, I mean, the, the biases that, that people have, but it's very realistic in that in that sense. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. yeah. Um, any Twin Peaks links? That no, you that one, that one, and it's kind of interesting because the overall for this season, maybe we can bring this up after we've talked about all the episodes. But uh, we only watched three episodes of the Mark Frost led season. Yeah. Um, and there's a little less of Mark Frost than there are in the episodes that he just outright wrote. Yeah, um, which I think speaks to the role of executive story editor, whatever he had. Yeah, but it also does. It had a lot of the weirder shit. Like it had a bear. Like, yeah. like yeah, the yeah. other ones had had funny outlandish stuff, but it was never that outlandish. And that makes me wonder if this is because the ratings were dropping and they were like, well, let's try, let's well, try let's bring a bear, a bear on. Yeah, let's yeah, bring exactly. a fat John Gotti Which on. Which is exactly and what was happened. He, sorry, was he the writer when he got into the details about how that dude died during sex? Yes. Yes. Okay, so it's one of those things where he learned maybe how yeah. to bring in that absurd. Yeah. Do you think it's going to make your audience feel uncomfortable? But yes. hey, I'm not going to throw you so far out in the distance that you're not going to exactly. come, yeah, come back. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. still going to love these characters. Characters, you're yeah. still going to be interested in the show yeah. and that's a skill in itself mm-hmm. oh yeah i mean you can always see like they always like i mean 
I don't know, you guys obviously know about Jumping the Shark yes. and that one episode of the Happy Days. It was it the best episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when that happens, there's just no getting you back. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is what's really screwed up. Around the mid 80s, keep in mind too, people were buying satellite TVs. Right. Mm. Right. So your options, like there were yeah, people, huge TV yeah. shows were, more TV shows were in production. Yeah. Um, you wasn't just stuck to like the NBCs, the ABCs, the CBSs yeah. and that type of stuff, yeah. right? Like you had more alternatives if you, if you didn't care. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it would be interesting to see at that point in time where people started tuning out what yes. they were tuning into. Yeah, right? exactly. Right? Like, yeah. 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 I'm Which to I'm think. sure we could find. The Nielsen ratings are Yeah, but it's so much somewhere. research and we really haven't done much yet. No. no. So we <laughs> start <laughs> now. Yeah. No, we start true. making wild accusations. Yeah. I, we're going to just yeah. call you the expert on that then. That's but, well, that's but yeah, <laughs> but it does feel, I mean, like these kind of more outlandish things, they feel like season two Twin Peaks when they had, you know, the kid who, you know, what was his name? Little Nikki. Little Nikki. How do you and, forget Little Nikki? Uh, I, I, I force of Or, I mean, the episode where the two brothers uh, fight at the funeral. Yeah, You've exactly. just had Leland Palmer die yeah, The murderer of yes. Laura Palmer. Just, and then yeah. at Leland's wake... These two old people start fighting. Yeah, it's like it's. It was straining, so you know. It did, it did, and and a lot of people do think that it. Yeah, well, it went off the rails, went off the rails. And, and it, it did, did and, but and, and you know, but here it's kind of like, well, Mark Frost was kind of overseeing this that also seemed to be going off the rails yeah. a little bit. So yeah. maybe it's just once the show's lost its momentum, it's really it doesn't matter who's in charge; it's yeah. going to have a hard time uh, bringing it back. So maybe just be a little bit easier on. <laughs> on those season two episodes of Twin Peaks, because man, we all hate them. But but you know what you talk about them though. You yeah. still talk about yeah, them. Exactly, and that exactly. and like I said, I remember listening to the radio. People would like go over what happened on Twin Peaks yeah. the night before, and wild shit like that would yeah. happen. But it, it kept that conversation. Keep in mind, what other form of advertising did you have other than word of mouth? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. If you didn't have people talking, you know, you didn't you didn't see those people like even in the nineties. I mean, the celebrity, I'm trying to think, like, you know, the Alec Baldwin was in the people a lot, yeah, or Kim yeah. Basinger. Yeah. Could, I mean, you didn't really have that much uh, magazine space for those kind of no. celebrities. Yeah. So you had to, maybe that was the thing. Maybe they Could were be. generating that kind of content because mm-hmm. they wanted people to talk, right? Yeah. So. And it worked. And, and keep <laughs> well, in mind, while, yeah. we didn't see that anywhere else on TV. Mm-mm. Like, not maybe not since uh, Twilight Zone where, where we saw a whole weird bunch of shit happened right. did we see those you know odd storylines yeah. right yeah. or maybe moonlighting moonlighting had some weird shit that happened sure. Sure. but it was it was more tied to reality yeah, yeah way yeah, more yeah. Yeah. yeah it wasn't not like twilight zone but yeah, more yeah. Close moonlighting to was awesome that was another good was show awesome. another good show yes i've never seen it what wow sybil shepherd bruce willis it's amazing oh yes you yeah. Talk about that yeah yeah because i yeah. was like bruce willis was famous before Die Hard. oh my god <laughs> no, i was informed yeah i know I'm, i know Dude. i know i'm sorry well it's funny too because i was explaining before a lot of the big um movie studios still had contracts with a lot of actors yeah so before you saw them in you know in their major breakout role in a movie they were like basically kind of hoard out to a whole bunch of television yeah, shows yeah. and doing cameos left, right, and center, yeah. right? And that was always interesting to see. So it's but great to have mid-80s, a show like this. Yeah, mid-80s is when I think a lot of that stuff started to break down. To break down, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So then the final two episodes yeah. are the ones that we watched tonight. So yeah. um, they were uh, The Rise and Fall of Paul the Wall. Yes. And yeah. Grin and Barrett. Grin and Barrett. Yes. E-A-R on yes. the bear. Yes. Uh, yeah, and they were they were okay. They were, I mean, they were, there were some funny moments, like, right. like Paul the Wall going down the stairs. 
three times basically. Yeah. So that was good. Did you want to get back? Paul the Wall was a big gangster. Yeah. He the traffic or sorry the cops were doing traffic duty that day. They yeah. pulled over a limousine and they're like, "Hey limo guy, you owe three hundred dollars in tickets." Everyone's coming in, and Paul the Wall actually tries starts to melting, him, yeah. tries to bribe him, so the police take him down. Yeah, and then he's he's super heavy, <laughs> and he's like, "Guys, I can't be in confined spaces, or I'll lose my mind, I'll freak out, I'm I'm unhealthy, I shouldn't be in these." And then eventually, it turns out he may have had some sort of stroke yeah, or something. Yeah, but yeah. later on in the episode, he, it, he comes back to life after everybody has treated this guy <laughs> like a dead carcass. Appallingly, yeah. 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 yeah, like they they've tied him up. They drop him a number of times. I mean, it's almost like Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, yeah. It but with really like was. a super yeah. fat guy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I, okay, to come back to this, uh, to bring it back to Twin Peaks, that's, um, it reminded me so much of, of Leland on, on the, Le- yeah, on the cascade. Yeah, cascade yeah, yeah. Without, or with more comedy. Like, yeah. as much as we laugh, and, and we have both laughed at that scene in Twin Peaks. Aiden and I. Yes. Um, I don't know about you, Stacey, if you remember that. I don't laugh. No. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. I'm so woke, it's just guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so seeing Paul the Wall like fall down the stairs, tied to a sled, and just like yeah. it was this because he's a, he's dead, and it's it's just so absurd and dark and funny that um I it just it just felt very yeah. Twin Peaks. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And keep in mind, sorry, this kind of reminded me of a Twin Peaks moment. He only comes back to life after Jennifer Tilly is asked the question, what's a woman like you? Because Jennifer Tilly is a bombshell in this <laughs> oh God. TV show. Yeah. Or in this episode. He this one police officer says, Why? Why is a woman like you with a guy like that? And at first it comes across as well, he took care of me, and he was yeah. sweet, and he was nice, and he's had two heart surgeries. And he you know, and then all <laughs> of a sudden he's got millions of dollars. And he's yeah. got millions of dollars hidden away that no one will ever find. And then he comes back to life. Yeah. And it was only upon the realization of when we figured out who she really was, yeah, that he, he came back. You know, yeah. Yeah. He came back. And she yeah. said, That son of a bitch will never die. And <laughs> yes. I'm like, ha, huh, that was kind of a yeah. Yeah, yeah, twin yeah. peaky little moment. Very much, yeah. <laughs> It was a great episode. It was fun. I thought yeah, it was that really was a fun, fun episode. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it wasn't eye-opening in any way. The, no. the gritty parts weren't really that gritty or anything. But it was the, that was the other one with the uh, Belcher just being Belker. Belker, Belker, sorry, being beat up by some hobos and then yeah. Yeah. kidnapped. And it, it was not clear to me why he was there, what was going on, or right. anything. Yeah. It was left a lot to uh, yeah. to the imagination. There was some actor studio moments in these in this TV show. Like you'll see that one point where they're like, "Hey, guy who's probably under studio contract, we're going to give you a really gripping, dramatic yes. yeah. role yeah. within yeah. Hill Street Blues, and you're going to act your ass." Off, yeah. and you're gonna show the world what you're made of even though no one's gonna remember your cameo <laughs> yeah yeah you're gonna show that and then at one point in time when the guy who lit his wife on yeah, fire yeah. has to act yeah. in that cell yeah. yeah i was like oh geez yeah yeah Ooh. you can see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. come <laughs> down, down yeah. is what i wanted to say uh no but i did think that one part with jennifer tilly was kind of Funny. I mean, it was. Yeah. Well, I don't want to say it was highly comical. No, but it was. But it, but it was good the way it revealed her character yeah. at the yeah. same time, yeah. right? Yeah. Like you think she's going one way, and then obviously it was clever, and it it's yeah. not something you see very often, and yeah. especially yeah. It on a TV well. show. Although a hot, crazy hot uh, gal with a mafia guy. Of course, she was a gold digger. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I mean, that, that was, the was not really. Yeah, 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 for yeah, sure. That's true. The yeah. mob mall, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Grin and Barrett. There's a bear. Uh, there's a bear. This is when we, we kind of <laughs> talked about this already with the 
um, Hill and Rankle going out and speaking to an inappropriately young group of children with a bear in the room. And obviously the, the episode sets you up to expect that the bear is going to attack someone. And, and then, then when it, it does... does um, but you get you it. get a really funny scene at the end where there's a press conference and they announce like the vet comes out and yeah, tells, tells them about the surgery that they did on the bear and it's <laughs> it's done completely serious like yeah, this is yeah. not oh and it's not relaxed. the bear it's no. officer yes officer McBear. McBear. I don't know why they had to make him Scottish I don't know why or, either or Irish. I don't What's know. Either MC? way, yeah. either way, yeah. it's Scottish, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's so, but it's played completely straight and uh, well. They play it straight, they play it straight but we're supposed to recognize it as being Funny ridiculously as absurd. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, another moment of just you know levity, but brought in through ridiculous means, and yeah, there's a bear. There's a bear. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what else to say. Well, about it. yeah, and it's just like I, I don't know if it was. Because again, it was the '80s. Yeah. That was entirely acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I remember a hammer Bears coming in into my elementary school. No, he brought in a, a, like a cougar. <laughs> and it was in a cage, but he, I'm like, really? And we were allowed <laughs> to walk up to the cage. And I remember the thing crawling into the corner of said cage oh and hissing at us. And we're like, oh my god, he's just not. You know, maybe he's just having an off day. But I don't know <laughs> if this cougar. <laughs> if this was supposed to be sort of one of those odd little moments. But you have two officers mm-hmm. and a live bear mm. talking to children about safety yes i mean it's the completely the opposite of that situation yes. and keep in mind guys the bear wasn't on a leash the officers no. weren't holding the handler was actually sitting in the, in the crowd, crowd with the children, with the children. <laughs> and the bear was was just sitting there, sitting there to the point where stuff. one of the jokes was the bear had a shit in the gymnasium where yep. the classroom they were in completely allowed to just walk around yep. and i'm like that is the opposite of a safe situation the 80s were fucked up time man I don't oh know. they I don't were know you guys awesome <laughs> you guys don't even know you don't even know we literally don't know yeah. because we yeah. were so young when it happened yeah. Yeah. i feel like we missed the best decade honestly um, 80s were a hell of a drug yeah well no yeah. see things got real serious around 88 yeah because yes. then you well and keep in mind too and i'm surprised we haven't seen this in hill street blues or hasn't been touched on is the aids epidemic yeah mm-hmm. and then Clarence Thomas with sexual harassment. Yes. Like people started to get a little bit more aware politically. Yeah. And then Benetton had all those ads yeah. with people of different colors right, right. in there. And that was like, what? Whoa. And they started, I mean, I don't want to say they started conversations about race. Again, listeners, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying it was just weird because it feel like it felt like that the eyelids were starting to open mm-hmm. and we were yeah. becoming more woke. Yeah. As the kids say today. Yes. Woke. Well, I just learned you that. You like that word, yeah. I learned it a couple weeks ago by watching a PowerPoint. I'm not shitting you. At on, work, you did. On, yes, on Chastity yeah. and I did it. On terms young people use. So yeah. we learned salty and woke and uh, uh, I forget some others. Yeah, there were some others. But yeah. We're trying. Uh, yeah, so we, we ended up watching one additional episode that has nothing to do with Mark Frost. It was just fascinating to us that... Um, David Mamet wrote an episode and yes. he actually approached the, the producers of Hill Street Blues and said, I want to write a script for you guys. And they were like, yeah, all right, let's do this. Sure. Because David Mamet at this time had done, uh, well, Glengarry Glen Ross, uh, six degrees of separation must have been yeah, close uh, by there, at yeah. that point. Yeah. Cause this was around 86, 87. Yeah. So, um, neither of which we've seen 
Oh no, we did see you saw Glengarry Glen Ross. I've seen Glengarry Glen Ross as a play, but obviously yeah. everybody's familiar with the film. Same with Six Degrees of Separation. I've read the play, but I and we've seen the well, film. Yeah, we've seen the film. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, and it's so we we were just interested. We, we wanted were curious, to see David to see what it was like on Hill Street, and and that's exactly what it feels it was. like. And it was it was actually I really liked it because it took Hill Street. Uh, the characters and the setting and the the inherent drama there and it turned it into a David Mamet play. So yeah. there's, you know, there's a lot of extemporaneous talk about, you know, life and death and duty and and murder and, and taking lives. And yeah. it's all wrapped up into this, you know, moral fugue, I would say. Yeah. Uh, a lot not of a fugue. Yeah. Oh, oh, a fugue. <laughs> um, a lot of talking over. Yeah. Characters oh, yeah, were yeah. cut off. Mid-sentence. Or repeating themselves six mammoth. times. What are you trying to tell me? What am I trying to tell you? I'm, what am I trying to tell you? I'm trying to tell you. And, yeah, you know, and yeah. his friends did a great job yes. as David Mamet fill-in mm-hmm. for the episode. But it also had interesting subject matter because it was it didn't have a cold open. No. It just opened with the, the opening credits. Yeah. Um, so there was no roll call, but yeah. there was nothing in the station, really. No, no. The the Hill, Renko, and Jablonski go up, and they're supposed to go with Goldblum. Yeah. But the three of them are going up hunting. Yeah. So they spend the whole weekend in trying nature to trying hunting. to... But they never actually end up hunting. Killing. Which I called from the very beginning. Oh, like yeah, They're going to end up not doing what they set out to do. Mm-hmm. Same with Goldblum. Sets out to do something and ends Gets. up kidnapped. And, and his whole uh, arc is spent trying to get back to the station, yeah. really, yeah. Um, when he's supposed to be on vacation. Yeah. And then uh, you've got an officer who killed a man in the line of duty. Yeah. And Dennis Franz's character who... Is trying to steps up help to help her and... figure out, you know, how to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it is. It's 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 actually quite uncanny. I really, of all the episodes we watched, I thought it was the most interesting just because it was so unformulaic. But definitely not like any other Hill Street episode exactly. that we watched. It was, it was unlike is... the formula that we yeah. come to expect, and yeah. that was nice. I think on IMDb, even like nobody likes this episode. Yeah. It has like a six out of ten or something like that. And at the time, people were like, "What the fuck is this? Like, who's this David Mamet fucker?" Well, and it reminded me a lot of, um, and this is why I wanted to talk about it because um, the new so Twin Peaks: The Return finished up in September, and since then, I mean, listeners, you're well aware of this. That people have been uh, debating: is it TV or is it movie? And a lot of TV critics don't. It it didn't make a lot of TV critics critics best of 2017 list but it made a lot of movie critics lists of best movies of 2017 and it's almost like one of these situations where and i think again just to name check joel Baco, he retweeted something uh the other day that somebody else had written about this very issue that if tv critics if tv isn't going to claim twin peaks as its own then movie is going to step up and be like yeah well then it's one of us it's it's, it's ours and I feel like this episode kind of fits that too, because you've got TV and you've got stage, you've got Broadway, you've got. So mm-hmm. I think if you had someone who was very well versed in Broadway criticism or watched a lot of that, watching this episode will probably find a lot to really love about it. Yeah. But in the TV world, it doesn't really. Well, and TV is a mass medium, whereas theater's always been kind of a snobby. Endeavor it does for the have most that, yeah. Part. I mean, just limited. I mean, you have to go to Broadway to see Hamilton. Like, you can't right. just you can't tune in and watch it at home. Right. Whereas the whole point of TV is that it's a mass mass medium, right? Yeah. So, understandably, I think people were like, "Why? What is this? It's different." But I still have a feeling that this would be a really good script to read, which is yeah. great because Mamet published this in a collection of five screenplays that he wrote. It was the only one that was actually created. Oh wow. That was 
produced. Mm-hmm. But um, it would be interesting to, to, to find it and ones. read it. Because so, especially the ones that aren't produced, that's just yeah. fan fiction again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he just... Where well, no, sh- I don't think they were from Hill Street. I think they no, were I'm, other But other series. Yeah. He's oh, yeah. writing fan yeah. fiction about other yeah. series. Yeah. Where was the show in this point in time? This was is it Decline? This is the last season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. last season. Yeah. All right. And so it feels like they were just throwing anything at the wall. They're like, well, let's bring in David Mamet as a guest writer now. Although he was married or dating one of the actresses in it. So it helps. A little nepotism going on. I didn't realize that his daughter was in Girls. Oh, so show yeah. oh wow that's yeah that's her i just huh? looked it up her wow to quote the people Had from rest no Oman. idea her? <laughs> i'm just kidding i liked her yeah I, we've never watched girls neither of us what yeah okay do it before the world really starts to hate lena dunn yeah. i think that's <laughs> okay. already happened it's already yes. happened it's already yeah. happened i see i just never liked the description of girls every time someone's like oh it's four rich white girls in new york i'm like Sex in the City? No, no, no. I'm going to tell you guys one thing. Yeah. Don't watch the don't watch the whole show. Just don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. People, don't do it. If you're listening <laughs> at home, put it down. Put down your remote. Only watch American Bitch. It's the only episode you need to watch. <laughs> this is a one episode show. It's, no, it's, it's one of those David Mamet things. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. This one episode suspends the universe of girls. Mm. It has Lena Dunham, one other actor. You don't see any other characters that day. Mm-hmm. And they tackle the issue of um, consent and okay. and that interaction between the sexes. And it could be a play in itself. Yeah. Okay. And I, I don't know, honestly, I'm not researching it. You guys have to <laughs> do it on your own. I don't know who wrote it. Yeah. I don't know who did it. A lot of my girlfriends were raving about the episode yeah. um, because it really highlights maybe that odd moment where good girls find themselves in a situation that they don't say no to mm. and that cle- and, it, and I watched it and I'm like wow that uh that that provides a real it's an eye it's opener a th- it's a th- it's, it, yeah yeah it, 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 it is an eye opener so is uh, there anything else you wanted to we didn't talk about the music did you want to just briefly oh. very briefly talk about the theme song the theme song is amazing I sing it to bed now like yeah, literally it's, it's like his it's, his nighttime song can it, we play it? No, you can't. No, but we're going to have to oh, add it in. Yeah. Definitely. Do it. Yeah. Do yeah, it. And then can you great. please just add in Mimsy, but not <laughs> yeah. the, the flat beeping. line. No, we'll add the, the regular just meow. Just meow. Yeah. 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 Sweet. So. But yeah, we love the music. Uh, there wasn't much music in the rest of the series. It's it's pretty, no, you know, real, but... true to life. But the Well, music... they don't even add in the bump, bump, like they no. do in other crime shows, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 I'm no. trying to think. I don't remember no. there ever being a sound effects mm-hmm. no, there's or no sound sound, f- a musical sound effect no. to the, Through the, rest uh, of the like series. a score. Is no, what no. Yeah. If, if there is, it's like... Super. It seems like it's a variation. It, I think it's all by Mike Post, the the yeah. Um, yeah. composer for the theme song, and it'll be like a very short, like thirty seconds. Yeah, it'll be like a, to a commercial. Yeah, or, or like a, a soft melody to calm you down after the end of the day. Like yeah. if it's, yeah. it's Joyce and uh, Frillo talking, they'll, they'll yeah. do that. Which is so funny that that is honestly the softest thing about this TV show yeah. Yeah. is the music. The yeah. music yeah. And I'll point it out every episode. Yeah. Everybody. Go back to just Google, like Google search 80s theme song. It is some of the best theme songs of all time. And you know what's really awesome too is for some reason they actually stopped and maybe because they want to buy more time for the character development storyline or whatever. But they used to do full introductions. Do you guys yeah. remember? Like yeah, while the yeah. music's playing, yes. they yeah. do the introduction and you see these police Freeze officers. Frame, yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because when you think about it, you're supposed to believe that these are real characters and yet they have time to like put their <laughs> hand up to their yes. chin and smile for you while their name appears underneath. Yeah, yeah. So, I yep. mean, it was funny, but some of the yeah. best theme songs, uh, I'm going to throw this out, were written by Alan Thicke. 
Yeah. Yeah. Alan Thick is Robin is the son. Yeah. That's yes. right. Yeah. 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 Alan Thick and Gloria Hoosie Wetzer again do your own fucking mm. research. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't know he wrote theme yeah. songs. That's news to he me. He was amazing. It was amazing. It's awesome. It's good stuff. Yeah. You want catchy shit that's going to stay inside your head? Boom. Or Mike Post, because literally I woke up this morning singing the Hill Street Blues theme song. Every fucking time, yeah. And if you Which, guys yeah. really want to go down an 80s rabbit hole, <laughs> I like a lot of shit by James Burroughs. That yeah. guy is a god when it comes to introducing characters. Uh, first episodes. That man is a genius. Yeah. I loved his shit. So. Which is brilliant, right. because that's what we loved about the Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah pilot, it started so. off that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one quick other note, uh, Law & Order, easily my favorite cop procedural drama of all time because it's the one I was raised on. Yeah. Uh, Dick Wolf actually wrote for Hill Street Blues, too. This oh, yeah. His which start, too. amazing. I can see it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, yeah. So what's next? You guys are going to watch The Fantastic Four? Not no, next. No, no. no we're... we're going chronologically for both Lynch and Frost. So I think okay. our next is Dune, if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, Dune is next. Have you guys seen Dune? Yes. Yes. Have the director's you? edition, the yeah. director's cut. It's terrible. what have you guys watched of Dune? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Aiden you two can it. go fucking watch it again, okay? Because <laughs> I, I did. Did you watch the yes. other Dune stuff? No. The other Dune stuff? Oh, the no, no. We just watched the David Lynch movie. Oh, okay. just yeah, the yeah, one yeah, movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, there's all right. been TV specials and all sorts of shit, but no. Yeah, no. We've just done this. Picard's in Dune. Yeah. Yes, he is. Sting is in Dune. Sting is in Sting Dune. Is in Dune. In Sting is in a speedo in Dune. In a leather speedo. Yeah. And his bright red hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that'll be next. Dune is next. <laughs> Dune is next. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, yeah. As we all get real quiet about <laughs> Sting, Sting in a leather. In a speedo. You'll we'll have to just let that hammock. soak in. Anyways, uh, and then what are you guys doing for Mark Frost? Is it just Mark Frost and David Lynch you're going to do? Yeah. 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 Okay, no one yeah. else. So yeah. I think after that is. Uh, the, uh, what was that one called? The Exhibitionist? The, the Defenders? The Digs. What was that? Equalizer. The, the Equalizer. equalizer. Stacy also, of course, did know. I did watch, yes. It was like a British punky Brewster, you said? <laughs> well, no, 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 I said it was one of those things where the main dude has a young lady. Yeah. Uh, kind of takes her under his yeah. wing, if I'm remembering that correctly. Right. Yeah. There might have been just a arc, because it sounds like the episodes Mark Frost wrote for were uh, just kind of one-off, yeah. like traditional, more traditional cops. Ones, yeah, but. I'm trying to remember what happened in The Equalizer. That was the one where it was like, you'd put it on, but then iron. Okay. <laughs> or put it on and like go vacuum <laughs> yeah. or like put it on and, you know. So it was the 730 slot is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, yeah. Right, and keep right, in mind, right. we had to watch this shit in real time. Yeah. So if you walked away. You missed it. You that missed that. It. And you're like, well, I guess I'll just tune in next week. So <laughs> Hopefully catch up. And the Equalizer yeah, was around 87, right? I yeah, think so, was, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's when Thursday nights got super amazing yeah. mm-hmm. with Cosby Show. Must see Golden TV. Girls, must see MTV. TV. Yeah. was yeah. on their game. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. They had that shit. So yeah. yeah, which is right around the time that Twin Peaks started to go into development. Late yeah, 80s. it was late eighties. So yeah, so. this is when Lynch and Frost would start. So we'll, we'll discuss all that when we get yeah. to those episodes. But um, don't they, ask me. Read the book. Or I mean, that's not the right thing. That's reading Rainbow. Uh, until next week, viewers. Please join Keep us again. Keep fit and have, have fun. fun. Yeah. <laughs> Only for our Canadian. Deep cut. For the, well, not really deep, but. Yeah, anyway, Stacy, thank you so much for no, coming No, thanks on. for having me. Uh, again, I'm sorry. Uh, I kept it clean. <laughs> I kept it woke. And uh, I got to quit using that word because now I'm just. <laughs> yeah. Especially no, when you, you don't know what it means. Using you just, it. No, <laughs> just you can angry Twitter these guys about <laughs> that. Like, I won't come on again. That's fine. I will come on again if you guys talk about. Uh, I'm going to give you another chance uh-huh. with. 
million, six million dollar man. Okay, okay. Because I really think you guys, like, I wanted to come over here with new sheets. Yeah. Because you guys shit the bed so <laughs> fucking hard on that. When you didn't know shit about yeah. six million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to a small child, I'll tell you guys a little secret. When I was a kid, again, I've already established that I was a problem. <laughs> I wanted superpowers so bad. Yeah. I wanted superpowers so bad, yeah. you guys. I hated Santa because that fat asshole never brought him to me. But I, when when households <laughs> first started getting microwaves, yeah. I used to put a bowl of water in our microwave and I would stand in front of it with my shirt off and flex. And keep in mind, microwaves were so big. They were in another room yeah. at our house. Like they were like out by our back door. And my mom one time came by. She's like, what the, what are you doing? And I was like, nothing. But I, I pretty much thought that if the microwaves could get into my body, I would have superpowers. I did a lot of shit to get superpowers. superpowers. Let me tell you guys another quick story. (laughs) In Banff, there's a gondola. Yeah. Yeah. And you take up the mountain at the very, very top. There's a cosmic radiation station. Yeah. Yeah. So when you tell that to a little kid, (laughs) he's like, I've got to spend my life there. Fantastic Four. Yes. I remember like my parents like, we got to go. It's getting dark. And I'm like, just five minutes longer. (laughs) And then I woke up. I went to bed that night and I was positive i was convinced i'd wake up the next morning i'm like i'll even become the thing like i don't, yeah, care. I don't care at this point i don't care yeah. i just want some fucking superpowers anyways that is amazing that's uh, bad I, I think we should have stacy on every episode just no no, this is no amazing if you want to come back for dune you can fill in for me i'm a chatty I grandpa i would come back for dune uh-huh. uh but i don't want to hear a peep out of you well then what the fuck you guys will have to what, what what do you what what why didn't you like it, it was terrible in every way but in what like i don't even no. understand oh my god the the, the terrible characterization, the overdubs, the terrible action sequences, the Toto fucking soundtrack, okay? <laughs> no. Everything you're dumb. You're was dumb. bad. To this day, whenever I want to smash something, yeah. I still yell, Mob Deep! And then I throw it. <laughs> or is that the name of the rapper that died? No. Mob Deep? What's no, his no. name? Mob Deep? Yes, but Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Mob Deep. Deep, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then you throw it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Like the time I threw that cup <laughs> yeah, 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 at yeah. work. Yeah. Like I, I brought a... We can edit this part out. <laughs> sure, I don't care. I brought a coworker into a room because she was having a bad day. And I'm like, you know what I like to do? I like to smash coffee cups against the wall. And I went to the very back of the room and I threw this coffee cup and I yelled, more deep! And... Um, the coffee did cup break. did not break. Oh. It, it made a loud fun. sound. And yeah. we had we had a brand new top boss mm-hmm. start that day. And everybody ran out and they're like, what happened? Oh, I oh, guess, and we both were like, well, I guess we just dropped something. Yeah. And it was because was I tried to smash a coffee cup. And I'm, I always clean up the pieces because I don't right. like broken glass. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. You just, you have to suspend um, your idiocy and oh. really just watch. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I See, and I watched, I, I polished off a bottle of wine. She was drunk oh. as fuck when we watched but it. But yeah. <laughs> that made it so much better. Because yeah. I watched it as a kid. I loved Dune. Like, it was really great. And then for Aiden to, like, shit all over it really uh, I, just, yeah. I I don't like the book very much either. Like, oh, okay. So I kind of went in, like, oh, I'm not Is a Is it huge considered fan. a space opera? Yeah. I guess. Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was very similar to Star Wars. Like, in yeah. the sense that it's, like, it's basically a fantasy story set in a yeah. sci-fi-ish yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of world. Yeah. I like that David Lynch directed it. In what year was it? 84. 84? Yeah. Like, he was... Was he offered he was Return, offered of, the Return of the Jedi and turned it down? And he's he like, I'm going to do Dune, Dune instead. instead. Oh, wrong horse. hilarious. But it would have been a... Di- Return oh, of the God. Jedi would have been very different. Yeah. Have you seen the... 
the Return of the Jedi if it had been directed by like, David Lynch. Like, there's a trailer did. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah, it's really good. I really do enjoy that. My favorite ones are always like, if Wes Anderson did, you know, anything. Shit, that stuff is funny. Yeah. I'll consider Dune. If right. you consider giving it another, are you going to Fantastic it? Four? You to. should come back for Fantastic Four, the second one with the Silver Surfer. All right, and you and we can just shit all over it together. It'll be good. But why would he do that? Why would he, he just direct got, those? Sometimes no, he write those. Wrote I'm them, sorry. Yeah. Why would he? Write gotta, those? Pay the bills, gotta pay the bills. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I get it. I get yeah. it. Hollywood, you gotta make the money. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Okay, that, was that was Bigger and Yes. Thank you. Once again, Stacey. Uh, yeah. We hope you guys join us again next week, two weeks from now, when we do discuss Dune. I'll try and be positive. Lindsay, Lindsay will I'll, roll I'll, her eyes. Do they angry tweet you, these people? People don't angry tweet us, no. Do they send you face tweets? If you're enjoying the show and want to join the conversation, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash bickeringpeaks, all one word. You can also follow us on Twitter, that's at bickeringpeaks. Or you can head over to iTunes and leave us a review or comment. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, let's be careful out here.